0: Gee, Steve, what are we gonna do tonight? Same thing we do every podcast. Tell them how we season.
1: Here we go. It's episode 64 of How We Seize It. This week, we're tackling The Breakfast Club, the 1985 John Hughes movie uh, starring Molly Ringwald, Emilio Estevez, um, let's see, who, uh, Ali Sheedy, Anthony Michael Hall, and uh, who else did I miss? Judd Nelson. Yeah. Uh and Paul Jen Gleason Nelson.
0: too. I think Paul Gleason yeah. deserves a call Paul, out too.
1: He does. He he definitely does for sure. And yeah, so a small crew. I mean, there's a couple other people in there. Um John Calypso. Yep. As Cap- Carl. As Carl. <laughs> the the janitor. Uh <laughs> there, there's some other people in there I wanna I wanna talk about later, but um uh just so people know we we had a technical difficulty so there if, if there's sounds like there's some jump-ins that may not fit exactly like we're just talking that's because we went back and kept some of the stuff that we had from earlier um and dropped it in there like <laughs> well you you drink. won't
0: hear anything <laughs> new from me because <laughs> yeah. unfortunately our first pass uh, it, was only, it was only about 15 minutes but none of my audio recorded and yeah. uh uh, so this is kind of our episode 64.5, maybe? Or... Point 0.5, yeah.
1: Point 0.1. We didn't get too far. <laughs> okay, again. Uh, But my drink will be, probably be uh, edited in just because uh, I drank it all already, and so it's hard to go back and discuss it all. <laughs> so uh, it, it, I will give you a quick briefing on it. It is uh, based on the Ali Sheedy character. It is called um, The Basket Case, and it is done with cereal milk and vodka, essentially. Nice. So uh, I'll, I'll let you splice that in there or we'll throw it on the end. How and I, we how segue
0: now into a crossfade. And there we
1: go. I went looking for different things and and I couldn't find a lot. And uh, the movie doesn't lend itself to a lot of drinks. You know, I think there's Coke, actual Coca-Cola, you know, the cans um, in there. And I think there's a, a jug of milk at one point, but there's not really much for drinking. Uh, Ali Sheedy does say that she drinks uh uh, vodka whenever as much as she can and so I did go with that a little bit and to go with that though I found a drink that a guy calls the basket the basket case right and it's it's for Ali Sheedy and the interesting thing about this drink and I've never heard of this before and I was like and this is where it could go either really good or really bad really fast is it uses cereal milk it uses cereal milk and I did mine with Captain Crunch so I put it in the fridge yesterday in a jar uh, with milk in it, and it just sat there until about an hour ago. I pulled it out. I can't take credit for it because uh, apparently there's a, a bar in New York that that's what they do is cereal milk and different kinds and stuff. But I, I made my own. I made Captain Crunch. They The one that they talked about was actually made with, like, uh, frosted flakes that they toast, and he puts it in, you know, and all this. I'm like, ah, I got some Captain Crunch at home that I, I'm going to do this with. and so. And besides, she had Captain Crunch on her sandwich. So I got it in the shaker here. I'm going to pour this out. I, I was going to do Pixie Six, but that's a tart flavor and I didn't want to do that. It, uh, it actually has, um, a little bit of, uh, simple syrup in it. And then he did his with, uh, bourbon, but I'm going to go straight vodka because Ali Sheedy talked about drinking vodka. So I poured it out and it, it basically looks like milk from a cereal bowl. And, uh, it has that smell of milk from a cereal bowl. So here we go with the taste. And yeah, I don't taste the vodka at all. And it's it's a good uh, two-ounce shot of vodka and about a four-ounce of milk. So um, <laughs> yeah, if you like cereal milk, this is the good stuff because it, it actually turned out really well. Um, I, I don't know if I would do this again just because cereal milk is not something... I, I, I mean, I crave it when I eat cereal, but I'm not a big cereal eater, and, and the amount that I had to take to get to make it. Um, but as a drink, uh, this basket case works for me. I'm actually pretty pleased with it. All right, Steve, what would you come up with? There we go. Okay. Yep, now and then we're back. Steve. <laughs> yeah, we're back. Uh, Steve's going to talk about his drink. Um, real quick, because we we missed his on the first right. Night. So go ahead, Steve.
0: Okay, so what I've got is uh, the the name I found online was called a frothy orange creamsicle cocktail, and this is a um, this is a, a a drink that I came up with some ingredients I wanted to see in it, and then I looked online to see if there was a drink that actually matched it. So the nice, ingredients. Yeah. So I wanted a vodka uh, spirit base. Just for because that's the one spirit that's called out in the, 100%. In the movie. Yep. Um, and and then I, I got kind of a little <clears throat> caught up in the in the title. So <laughs> you know, which is kind of corny, but so I looked for some breakfast ingredients. And I know we had our conversation about the egg whites uh oh, right. a little yeah, while no. ago that you want you know you want nothing to do with. But I like I egg don't. whites. Like <laughs> <in> my whiskey <laughs> sours, I'm I, I definitely need to have my egg whites. So so this has egg white. And it has some orange juice, so there's your two breakfast ingredients. So hey, right. hey, hey, look at that clever tie-in to the title. Right. <laughs> um, we're gonna we're gonna spritz it up with a little bit of a uh, little bit of club soda. Keyword yep. club. Club. <laughs> so we have our breakfast club. But then I also tried to draw in uh, the, some of the different characters. So so I added um, three cherries um, stabbed by a. Um, one of those little sword sticks so th- that yeah. represents the three virgins in the in the movie which was um well uh, we only got
1: three confirmed virgins you had right you had brian claire, claire and Allie. right um uh, and, we don't know about uh um andrew or andy or uh, john bender you never know like <laughs> uh, there's a lot of it act in him so we're not really sure you know uh, but uh, and then, but I
0: didn't have Andrew called out, so that is my chaser drink, which is a Coke. Uh, he's the one that goes to the vending machine, and yeah. and as you pointed out, uh, I don't know if I have that in your uh, in your comments, but about him shaking up the the, the Coke right. in, in the cut scene or in the script. I don't. Did you read a script?
1: I well, I read um, some uh, information on like these were cut scenes uh, yeah. from the original movie, and that was one that where the the alley. Um, and Andrews scene where they go to get sodas that um they get five of them and he's putting them in a sack and the last one he shakes up and drops it in the sack so we don't know which one's shaking <laughs> yeah. up so it could be anybody yeah and you know we get the part in the movie where they throw it he throws it to her she catches it and opens it and it kind of blows up she's drinking it off the table and everything like that so nice. it would have it would have played into it but it it's not that big a deal that it wasn't in there
0: I hunted a while online for a script um and and the only one I was finding was the actual um, shooting. The real well, one. well. Well, the one that I don't know if it was uh, if they call it a shooting script. I don't think it was a shooting script because shooting scripts usually evolve. Uh, I think it was it was one that was more transcribed from the movie because every line was identical, and that's no fun. Oh. It's like I I I know these lines. I wanted an early script, and I know that this had. Multiple, you know, multiple, multiple scripts. Because uh, yeah. a lot of the uh, a lot of the cast was saying how they got to read a bunch of different ones and kind of pick yeah. out scenes and put it together. But I did find an early shooting script, and um, uh, and it's really interesting to to read. It was before Claire was called Claire; she was called Kathy. Um, right? Yeah, and, sorry, I did see that. And, and I wrote down. Let me let me give you a hint of how it was a little bit different. Um, because, you know, I, they didn't have the scene with Andrew talking about taping the guy's buns together. That was something his the reason he was there was. a That was an ad lib. What that was, was an it? Ad-lib. That's great. Yeah, that's great. That really I he's he's one of my favorite characters in this um, because mm-hmm. of, because of that scene. Um, that was so emotional. But uh, here here's the scene. Remember the scene with uh, Bender and Brian and Claire when when. Uh, when, Brian uh, alludes to <laughs> chicks cannot hold a no, smoke. well, no, no. I know. I know that was Adlib. That's, that's when. That's when Brian's getting high. But remember when? Uh, when? Uh, when he calls him a cherry. When he calls him a cherry, he's like, "I'm not a cherry." And he's like, "Oh, I've done. Yeah. I've done loads." And you know, she lives in Canada. And yeah. then, and then he he kind of gets a little you know nervous, and he kind of gestures towards Claire. Right. Okay. Listen to this. So it goes through the whole scene, the dialogue, and then. Um, that we, that we're all familiar with in the movie, but then it says, um, when, when, when it goes back to Claire, here's the script. I think it's okay for a boy to be a virgin. Remember that, you know, remember that. Yeah, yep, She says that. And, and he says, you do. And she says, yeah. And then he kind of gets that little look like, uh, oh, he looks so Okay. well, in the script, she says, yeah. And then she smiles mischiev- mischievously. If he's a fag. <laughs> oh god what exactly i was like oh my gosh this isn't the claire i know so i i think they played played her a little bit more um kind of like you know she was a little a little bit more brutal with some of her comments i i think uh that's a good cut that's a good cut (laughs) yeah i agree i think molly ringwald brought some of her own (laughs) ideas to it or maybe she and maybe it was just cut out of a later script so
1: god that yeah that's brutal i did not know that that so the now that you say that, that they definitely changed some stuff and I think the actresses, uh, Molly Ringwald and Ali Sheedy definitely had some say in this movie about not I don't want to call it softening it, but making it more, you know, not so brutal in the in the guy reign, you know, just, just retardedness of like that. You know, just why 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 say that line? I mean, it's just it changes the character completely but there was other characters that were cut out of this and one was a gym teacher a female gym teacher who was actually supposed to come in and talk to them <laughs> that was and
0: yeah, a, she was in this she was in this uh, script
1: that I read and so apparently <laughs> she was supposed to have a nude scene where they they found a way to like peek at her into the shower and she was supposed to be a busty teacher and stuff like that and apparently Molly Ringwald and, and Ali Sheedy just said no that's that's no we don't we're not going to put up with that we don't want to see that in this and there's no need for it. So they cut her out completely. She yeah, it was a shower scene.
0: I think it was, it was, Oh, it's, it's a, a shower Verner, scene. It was Werner that was spying on her swimming in the swimming pool.
1: Like she had, come Oh in. no. The, the one I saw was okay. that there there was a swim team that came in, a drill swim team came in and that they were practicing, but the teacher was in the shower and the boys had escaped from the library to, you know, mischief make and we're spying on her. It may have been Vernon, but the way it was written out that I read it said the boys that were spying on her, but it was basically just your gratuitous, you know, topless scene, you know, yeah. in these teen movies which I was like, yeah, this didn't need that. I'm I'm kind of glad it got cut and and so they gave the those extra lines to Carl, which I think worked out really well cuz I think it changed his character from from what it would have been without that, you know, him talking to Vernon that was supposed to be her. Um, I think that added a lot to his character. So yeah, sometimes cutscenes cut in, in, work out. In,
0: in the script I read, uh, Carl was in there, but he didn't come and visit the kids. He he kind of he was he was kind of Vernon's partner in crime when they were exploring the exploring oh, the uh, the different the files things going on. It, it, isn't it? You know, th- this is kind of like um, when I, when we talked about Raiders of Lost Ark, and I I found that. Um, you know, treasure Talk chest script, of, yeah. of, 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 old, yeah, <laughs> the old script. And, and when they went through their whole,
1: whole thing, I love like, how you described that. <laughs> the treasure, treasure chest. Uh, I can't even say it. <laughs> treasure chest. Uh, yeah, I blew that one so yes. bad. No, but that's a great description for stuff like that. That's And, and that's yeah, exactly and this what
0: it is. you know, this is a movie that I'm so familiar with like Raiders of the Lost Ark. And uh, at the same at the same time this last week I've been able to discover all this new stuff about it. It really makes it it's <laughs> right? just exciting to revisit something that's 36 years old and uh, and kind of get a whole new take on it. And
1: yeah, not only is it 36 years old, but it's 36 year old and 2 days it was released on uh February 15th in 1985, which, uh, when we're recording this, is only two days after the 36th anniversary. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it, that's that's kind of cool. And you think about it and, and it wasn't planned at all. It just was like, we were thinking, like, what are we going to do next? And and Breakfast Club came up, and it was like, yeah, that's, that's the one we're going to do.
0: <laughs> I was 14 years old, and, and this was an R-rated movie, which is unusual for kind of a teen. <laughs> but, uh, um, and, and, you know... It, it was 16 candles that was pg right yes but that Which boob- is weird that has yes. boobs in it right it had that big boob shot when
1: bah- so the, what what got <laughs> you <know>. what got <laughs> what got the r rating apparently was the um the drugs right the dubage
0: um well, and
1: well, the underwear got, shot and yeah, okay and all the sex talk
0: i think the sex talk is what does it Cause, cause they had drugs actually mostly candles. the candles. I mean, they had date rape and 16 candles. There's, <laughs> there's a lot but it's of, it's
1: not really, it's not covered as much like date rape as it is. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of glossed over. I know it's more
0: the me too movement kind of exposed some of that stuff. And
1: yeah. And, and I, you know, in, until they said that I didn't even think about it. But then when I started, I was like, Oh shit. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I, I mean, you could look at it. I looked at it more like I took her attitude after the fact, like, like, she was more or less, less opposed to it kind of thing, you know, which I would have, you know... But that's not here or there. I mean, uh, we're going to talk more about stuff like that in this movie because it does get... It gets pretty crunchy when you start thinking about it in certain ways. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't... I, I think it's still a great movie. I mean, it's it's one of those movies that... It's a it's a teenage rite of passage almost, you know, and I think that's why it became uh, a classic. Yeah. Um, I know you said you were 14. I I was... I was in junior high when it came out. I I would have been about thirteen, but I don't think I saw this in the theater. I didn't see this until until it came out on VHS. I'm pretty sure. Yeah,
0: you were asking me that in our sixty four <laughs> version of this. And I can't I can't remember if I if I saw it in the theater or not, but uh, I I definitely saw it around the time the nineteen eighty five time. Because yeah. I, don't, I, cause, um,
1: I sure. have seen it in a theater though. I know that because I saw it. Um, it was like a 20-year anniversary when it was re-released in one of the the local theaters it's like a throwback nice. I, I i do remember going because it was a uh double feature with this and weird science oh oh that's awesome i know weird science is one of my favorites by far and I, I think it has to do with i mean my favorite character in this for sure is brian and i think it's because i really like anthony michael hall as an actor in his early stuff. I mean, he, he he didn't hold up in his career as much as I would have hoped.
0: Well, yeah. And and it's surprising it, when I look at Breakfast Club and the five actors that are in there. There's only two that are that are, you know, 50, I think Molly Ringwald was 16 when she made this. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Anthony Michael Hall was was He, he was, was 16 the also, same. yeah. Um, whereas the other ones were in their 20s. I yeah. think I think Anthony Michael Hall and Molly Ringwald's performances are more genuine. There's something that's that just feels it, more real i not i'm not saying that and i already called out andrew's stuff as as you know yeah, Mio Mio and and i love bender um I Ali he's fun. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, they're all really good cast but uh, yeah but to me the the two of them maybe it's kind of their innocent youth or something they mm-hmm. just bring something
1: that's genuine through some brian their... is nails it he yeah. is so good he is so good in it and interesting fact i found out too and this is uh through reading and stuff like that. Apparently, uh, Molly Ringwald and Michael Anthony Hall started dating after this. Anthony Michael Hall. Anthony Michael Hall. What did I I say? You said Michael. Michael. But but it's it's the same guy. It's just I was was
0: surprised when (laughs) you you were talking about those DVD interviews, uh, in our Mm -hmm. 64.0 version of this podcast. Um, and, um, they referred to him as Michael. So, yeah. uh, So I I, I think a lot of each name is Anthony.
1: Yeah. Um, I think uh yeah he's one of the better better guys and you know i think it was in the other one i was talking about that john hughes had had this grand plan of of doing all these movies with with those two actors like that that was his goal was to take them to and and just make all the films they were supposed to be ferris bueller's day off they were (laughs) supposed to be both in pretty and pink and just all the way down the line and uh they, they both kind of backed away. I mean, apparently they, was, they were still close friends with him for a long time. Um, and, and But they just started like, hey, we want to do some other stuff too. And it, it broke their friendship. And, and he, John Hughes, never forgave him, really. What? It, it, yeah. It, it actually, um, I was reading something. Molly Ringwald talked to him like at a 10-year reunion or something like that. And then never talked to him again until until after he died. Like, I mean, she literally never spoke to him again and then he died. And it's just kind of like, oh, man. How's You bad. know? Yeah. Um, but, I mean, they've all done, you know, the retrospectives and the stuff like that. A matter of fact, the, the DVD copy that I watched this on because I couldn't find this on any of the streaming things. Um, I have this three set that has it in there and they have some... This was like a t- 20th anniversary kind of set. They have this interview section where it's in the special features where it's uh anthony michael hall ali sheedy and judd nelson um are the three main and then uh some of the other cast and crew um the guy that played carl john uh calypso he's also in it and they're just talking about the filming and and how close they all were and just the different things and stuff like it and it's it's just really cool i was bummed that uh you know, Molly Ringwald wasn't in, or uh, Emilio Estevez. I was kind of kind of bummed that they weren't in it because I would have really liked to see their take on it too. But it was just cool getting some of the inside information on the things like that. Judd Nelson had a ton to say, um, which is funny because uh, was, was he John... wearing
0: his glasses and had his goatee? Was that? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I did see a lot of those interviews. I watched on on, uh, I watched the movie on the Peacock channel, but I saw all sorts of back (laughs) uh, behind the scenes footage from uh, from YouTube. Yeah, he talked cut scenes, and you'll find those interviews too.
1: He talked a lot. Like you know, I I think this movie meant a lot to him, and I went and looked at his uh, repertoire of movies. He was not a big huge star, even though you know, in in the main sense of the words. Like this was one of his big movies. <laughs> realistically,
0: there and there so. was um, the I, I, Dee Dee. I I can't remember her full name, oh. but the editor. I I was really fascinating. Oh, yeah. looking at how they made the movie. They shot it chronologically, which is that un- is
1: awesome. Which is unusual. I love that.
0: Yeah, that's not something that usually happens. But but you're you know they did three weeks of rehearsal and then they shot it chronologically and the editor set up outside of the gym where they they mm-hmm. built the whole library set in a gym and she right. set up outside and she was kind of editing as she went and would come in and talk, talk the the cast through uh, like, Oh, I need coverage of this or something like that. Kind of say what, what they needed. Uh, I think it was Ali Sheedy that, that said in an interview. She said she was so excited because this is a pretty well-known editor. She did reds and you know, she's won some Academy awards and she was editing this one. Um, and she gave Ali Sheedy a, she said, First off, because we were talking about uh, Judd Nelson, that that he remind that he reminded her so much of a young Al Pacino. Because she also did uh, Dog Day Afternoon, I think she edited. Yeah, it like that. I think that's and, her
1: biggest. Her biggest.
0: And um, also, she told Ali Sheedy that you know, I think she just reassured Ali Sheedy that she's she sees her in the movie. Because I think this was early on in the first half of the movie. You hardly oh. see Allison's. Character. Well, she doesn't. She's more in the background. You see her, and I think, but she I, doesn't I, talk. And I think the yeah, I think the editor was trying to reassure her that she is a part of this. She's very aware of her presence, and she's making sure that they're getting coverage, um, which is which is wonderful to know that when you're making something that you can you can be a little bit more subtle, and you can you can you know that that you know people are looking out for you as characters.
1: Right. So on my rewatch of this just recently, I, I did uh I did two and a half viewings of this in the last couple of days. One of the things I picked up on probably more than in any time I remember before is how much her Ali Sheedy, um, Ali's character, her her physical presence with her, her facial expressions and stuff said so much in this movie. And I don't know if it was just when I watched it when I was younger, I, I, I was too dumb to pick up on clues like that and stuff like that. But I remember seeing this and just, you could almost feel her talking even though she hasn't talked. Uh, and just the, the motion she makes, the the, her, yeah. the looks on her face, like I, I felt her feelings through this movie a lot more that, than I remember before.
0: The the pacing, this, this is one of those movies that, you know, some of the lines they deliver... If you don't set them up right they just come across as forced or they look like like uh, after school specials you know <laughs> you know but but they they they're they're patient with it you know when she delivers her line about her parents ignoring her they ignore me oh, the God, way it, yeah, right. I mean it's such a simple line and the way they've just slowly built it up, you know, it's it's almost there's something almost romantic about it too. I mean, that's this is kind of a, a little bit of the of the of the seduction of of the of Andrew Clark's character and 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 her. I
1: well, I, I, I wouldn't call it a seduction. I would call I, it a. I call it a
0: seduction because I think yeah. both of the both of the character. You know, there were two relationships that this movie came out of, which is kind of ridiculous. But it's almost like the speed. Well, the speed, <laughs> right. The speed phenomenon. So in speed, it was uh, it was Keanu Reeves it's and, Sandra, and Borg, Sandra Bullock. And what happens at the end of it? They be they. What is she? She yeah, but they went. I know they I'm were under some that, serious stress. I know, like, but that's that's kind of like this. And here you got a bunch of teenagers that are finally able to kind of expose themselves. They're vulnerable. It okay. it almost. I'm I'm not saying these relationships were meant to be, but, <laughs> but I'm just saying I, I got to to the point where I kind of bought that it would happen because okay. because okay. kids want to you know I'll, open I'll themselves a, up. I'm 100%
1: with you on the the, um, Allie and Andrew uh, relationship. Mm -hmm. I see that one. And I see it from the get-go. Like, you see him watch her as she walks in. He's kind of intrigued. And the whole way through, I I look at that. And um, this is one where, you know, there's a lot of people who really have a problem with... Uh, they call her a sellout at the end because she changes her hair and all this and it's like, you know I don't see it as that I see it as like she she took off some armor and maybe that's what she was underneath and, Yeah And I don't take it as a sellout or she changed who she was but I could see those two being a couple now my previous watching you younger the 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 um, Claire and, and Bender Relationship I, I kind of I don't know. I, I don't know why I bought into it But now watching it these last two times I'm like, you know, fuck that. No way, no how. That would have never fucking happened.
0: So I disagree, and here's why. I, and and I will say that that I, I think these are 15 year old kids. These are 16 year old kids, and I think I, I think there's no way these relationships are going to work. They're not going to succeed. But I could see them actually happen I, because of kind of the I powers see, you're and, playing with. So <laughs> so and I and I and I think the. Uh, I, I, I like the idea of kind of the how how Bender and Claire um, that that's that's almost the 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 satisfying thing at the end of the movie that they somehow come together. And it's all about. OK, it's all about the getting, you know, you know,
1: the only way I can I buy mean, that Bender right and Claire of, it's right in front of her dad. that she's like sitting on okay. the car as, as he so like the oh, only reason I buy that is is she's using that as a thing against her dad. I, yeah. I'll buy that. Yeah. Okay. But the only way I could see that her and Bender would have ever made a relationship or she is that he was completely full of shit and all the stuff he was talking about. Right. Yeah. Because he, it, it, that's the only thing. And he, and he plays it off to the very end that he was never full of shit, I, I, which is another thing I have a problem with is, is yeah. I think he was, and I, I you know, he, he's the biggest problem I have as an adult watching this as is almost a 50 year old person watching this is, is I hate, everything about bender and well it's his, he's he's the
0: most he's the most scripted too you know he's got the most dialogue he's he's yeah he's kind of the most f- fleshed out character that comes from the script he doesn't he didn't have in, as many opportunities to probably interject a lot of
1: uh well but see that lib. okay so but that's that's an interesting thing too because bender is one of those ones that uh, Judd Nelson got into the character 100, percent and apparently did not come out of character even when they weren't shooting, and continued to pick on um, Molly Ringwald. Molly yeah. Ringwald. I, I and, saw that
0: in Wikipedia.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and and Paul Gleason apparently had issues, you know, and and this is this is why John Hughes also said he will never work with with him again. Okay. He he, he stated after that fact he tried to fire him during the movie. Like he he wanted to get rid of him uh, right away. John um, John
0: Kuzak was one of the original. Uh, God, choices. that wouldn't have worked
1: either. Yeah. Well,
0: well that, they he was I think he was actually cast, but they they pulled him at the last minute because he didn't look as
1: uh, as menacing. He wasn't. Well, Emilio Estevez was also in that role. Well, from, I, no, uh,
0: I don't think he. I think he tried out for that role.
1: No, they had him listed as that role, and okay. they couldn't find an Andrew. Okay, this is what I'm reading. So this is all. Yeah. You oh, got to take it. I, and I, I read it from different. And they said that he, he ended up being Andrew because they couldn't find someone for Andrew, and then they found someone else's for Bender. But Emilio Estevez was
0: perfect for Andrew.
1: I don't know. He, he was. was. When I was reading the screenplay,
0: the the earlier screenplay, I was, I was, uh, I, I didn't care. You know, there, there was some stereotypes that I thought were a little overly amplified in it. And, you know, I know this movie is about Breaking down stereotypes, they come in as stereotypes and they leave as kind of mm-hmm. you. You they, they're kind of fleshed out, they're vulnerable, and you kind of get a better sense of of who they are. But I thought I thought that was essential that the actors brought some of their own self to those characters to kind of humanize humanize what they were, and it made the movie so much more.
1: Right, um, and I, I agree a hundred percent that and, and I saw it. You're right. It's it, it's stereotypes, and I think it's it was about. Um, you know, you, you cover yourself in the stereotype armor, right? You know, Bender is, is a huge example of that. He comes in and he, he's the big bully and he pushes everybody away every way, you know, because he's bullied. And that's just how he, he he dominates everything. Because that's what he sees. And, you know, Andrew has his armor on, his, his Leatherman jacket and all that stuff. And, you know, Ali Sheedy hides behind her jackets and her hoods and her hair. You know, kind of thing. And as you, and this is one of the things I, I, I didn't realize until I heard someone else talking about it was, as the show goes on, they peel away armor. At the yeah. same time, they kind of peel away their outer clothing.
0: Right? Oh yeah, interesting.
1: The, the jackets sure. come off. You know, they end up in a tank top and down to their their your their, their sh- your undershirt. Although Brian is the only one that kept on a sweatshirt the whole time, which also bugged me because it was inside out. <laughs> and i i don't know what it was about that but i saw it several times i was like god damn that thing's inside out and, and it was just like okay did it have a logo on it that they that they couldn't show and so they he flipped it or did he wear it inside out on purpose i'm sure I it was, was on just, purpose what, but i i never noticed I, that i, I, I didn't know. see anybody write anything about it but yeah he has, it's a green sweatshirt and he has it inside out because you can see like the the the, the, the seams on the shoulders and stuff like that, which you would see if it was flipped inside out and it's got the fuzzies on the inside. It's like, God damn it. And that, that is a total, not to, to, to put names on, but nerd thing to do. Right. (laughs) And, and, and it just was one of those things that I loved it. I think if, well, but I just was like, he's the only one that never really got out of that sweatshirt. You know, he took his jacket off or had to wait for Bender to kind of give him the go ahead to take his jacket off in that scene. Yeah. You know where they go to put the, which I always thought was really weird too. Is like, why would you you look over at someone they're taking off your jacket, you're taking off. So who cares? But then again, I I have a different mentality where, um, you know, trying to put myself into the characters. Right, I I wasn't necessarily one or another. I I literally was a kind of mix of an Andrew Bender.
0: Yeah. I okay. Interesting. Okay. I I thought about it too, and in the the one I from a stereotypical standpoint that I most easily identify with is uh, Brian. Just I was kind of a, I was I could see that I, I was I was in the you know I was in the honors.
1: Uh, you were in the physics club and the <laughs> I was math the, club. I was, the, I was in the key club. I I, I wasn't.
0: But I was, I was, I want, I didn't get anything below a B or an A, you know, it was, it was like, I I got the grades and and stuff and that was important, but I, I associated with, you know, I was in sports and I was, I was, I was, I associated with a lot of the popular kids too. And, and I associated, and I I think the only one I probably avoided was more the, 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 the Bender the Kids, yeah, just <laughs> just because. I mean, I got picked on. I was little. I was a little kid, so um, I felt, I felt.
1: It's hard to be a Bender when so, you're when you're a little guy.
0: But mostly, you know, when you look at all those characters and all the the things, I, one of the ones that I connected with this week when I was when I was thinking back about was uh, was Andrew Clark was was his gosh. Uh, did I write this down? Cause, Cause I was, he, his inability to think for himself is what he talks about. And, right. and I felt sometimes gro- growing up that I would try to play a role, you know, mm-hmm. I would get into a situation and I try to, I try to f- fit in, you know, and that, that, that sort of idea, it, it it certainly isn't genuine. It's something more like you're just trying to figure out how to how to be a part of this this group of people, and and it means sometimes you do things that you regret. And I found <laughs> I found myself a lot of times ending up in situations where I I regretted what I had done. And and this is a movie that really uh, that's, that's really what it's about. That, those sort of feelings. Those sort of fe- those sort of ex- exposes you for for kind of the. The vulnerabilities you have and right. Yeah.
1: So you're hundred percent right. And, and, and so the Andrew character, I, I definitely, um, probably was more him than, than Bender, but I did have a little bit of Bender in me just, um, and I think it was because where I grew up, um, you kind of had to, you had to be an alpha dog. Otherwise, you really got picked on. Yeah. So you had you had to kind of push that, that that boundary, and so that was something I did. But the whole thing, you know, Andrew talked about why he was in there and, and taping the butt of the the kid, and mm-hmm. you know, basically, it's a it's one of the big athletes picking on a, a nerd kid or something like that to get laughs or get acceptance. And uh, I thought back about it, and I was like, son of a bitch. Uh, so I was a sophomore in high school, and I was on the football team, and we were waiting around for practice. And I don't know what started it all, but a really good friend of mine still to this day, a really good friend of mine, someone I was super tight with in like seventh and eighth grade came walking by and I had kind of transferred from being a skateboarder to more into an athlete at the time and more into that jock club. And, you know, the, the skateboarders were kind of like the nerds and the geeks in our school, kind of the, the basket cases and, the, and stuff. And for some reason... I was picking on him for something, and we ended up getting a big fight, like an actual physical fight. And you know, I I I was bigger than him always. It just was one of those things. That it was, it and I did it because I was showing off for the docs, and and it still to this day always bugged me that you know, yeah. I was like, God, why? You know, this guy was my good friend. I mean, we and we were friends afterwards. It, it was one of those things. is just you know, luckily it didn't ruin a friendship or or go to that level or it was bad, but it was one of those things is I literally started picking on him or making fun of him or whatever, and it ended up in a fight basically because I was showing off for these other jocks, and so I can see where he came from and and watching this again uh, just recently like, I started tearing up a couple times when when the guys are talking and it's just like, holy shit, I'm like, this is it's an emotional movie, like you know especially when, when Brian's talking about, you know, the whole, like his his scene where he's talking about why he's in there and, and elephant trunk and, and him crying into his arm and stuff, I was like, God damn, that's that's so real. It's like crazy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's revealing. It 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 mm-hmm. it it's something that it just reveals stuff about ourselves and and why that movie is so accessible, even though you, you know, some there's there's issues with it I have I have. Some oh, there's it, definitely
1: but, issues. <laughs> but and but, I think what it does outside of the issues is what it does is it really shows that everybody is putting on a layer to to get by, and they're trying to 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 be you know accepted, and and you know in their little group they're accepted, but outside of it they may not be, and this is showing that hey everybody everybody's kind of doing the same thing, and everybody's good inside, and, and you kind of connect. You know they talk about the the scene where, you know, what are you going to do on Monday when Monday comes you know, are you, are you going to talk to us or not? And, you know, this is one of those things is, man, I, it's a good thing they never filmed anything more. Because right. It leaves, it leaves yeah. it so much in, up in the air. And, and realistically, the way I read it out is I see, I actually see Andrew continuing to date Allie or them going out, Molly Ringwald or, or Claire having nothing to do with Bender. Um, <laughs> and, and Brian, uh, and in, in Andrew actually being friends.
0: Yeah, I, I could totally see the production company saying, hey, let's make uh, Breakfast Club 2 the next day.
1: <laughs> and, or, you
0: know, uh, Monday. And and it would be, in you know, I'd want to see it, but at the same time, it takes away everything that that we get to, to just kind of think about. I mean, even Molly Ringwald in that New Yorker article talks about some days she thinks that, that you know, everything worked out, and some di- days she thinks... Uh, when, well, they- that, that that didn't happen, and I think that's fair. You want to kind of, I, you know, I don't, I don't, I, I think there's going to be good and bad, bad days.
1: Yeah, I mean, you you would hope you would hope if 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 the world is a good place and everything is in the right and 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 everything is is you know the way it should be, yeah. that they can get out of their they can get out of their armor from their cliques and and be the bigger person and and open up their friends to potentially being friends with other people, you know, but yeah. in a real world, yeah, most likely <laughs> in a real that world, doesn't, in yeah. the, in the real world, that doesn't happen because it, you well, know, it, it
0: happens in these little small, uh, uh Petri dishes, you know, that's kind of right. what this is. And I think that's what it's made this not, a oh, that's fascinating a great, study great. was, was like to yeah, a Petri dish. It been, yeah. Um, it should have been called the Petri club. Well, it it's, <laughs> I, I, I sometimes I've talked to people about the difference between psychology and sociology. When you when you study, you know, the the mind, it's fascinating and it's so unpredictable when you study a group that expands beyond, you know, when it when it's like groups, everything is so predictable. So sociology never. I, I always thought that was boring. And yet it's a better I when you really want to see how things are going to going to evolve sociology right. is probably a better thing to study because you do look for patterns psychology yeah. though everything is everything is becomes unique and that it, it's just and that's where this this is a small enough group where there's enough unique unique things happening that it's it, you don't know what's going to happen
1: yeah I, I i really liked a lot of it and like i said, watching it again um <laughs> I, I i i dislike the bender character more and more um I'm also called, I I mean, probably because I could see through it easier, like I could see through his bullshit of lilies. Like I loved, you know, he's trying to act badass and Andrew challenges him and he tries to do the little slap to his face and Andrew plants him, which I had to admit was perfect form for a wrestler. He had him (laughs) fucking down and Bender was going nowhere and he knew it. Um, I was like, that's that's exactly how that shit would go down. He he, as bad as Bender thought he was. He was going to get his ass kicked. There, there goes for, for fighting knowledge is, is something that you can't I, overcome with just bravado.
0: I liked how uh, Bender walked backwards w- before he pulled out the switchblade. It's almost like he was, he, he was retreating. He, he was like, and he, and he was throwing out all his attitude and yeah. stuff. But the whole time he's backing up because... You know, that he knew he, he didn't want to do anything. He didn't want to do anything, but but he, he can't not not face that challenge. It, and
1: oh yeah, and that's what it is. He had to puff up. He had to show that he's not you know I'd kill you. And, and so the best part of that scene though is he's, he's doing all his bragging. He stabs the knife into the chair. And he starts talking more. And Ali Sheedy comes <laughs> from the side and pulls that knife out. I fucking love that. Yeah, I, I like that was such a cool scene to me. And
0: and you know there's a there's a a cut scene where she pulls it out uh, at one point, uh, later at a locker oh. or something like that. And, and I was so happy that was cut because I love how that's the end of it. She pulls it up yeah. and it just kind of goes into her bag. It just and, is you know, she, yeah, it's just gone. Yeah. We know. never see it again. <laughs>
1: <That's> it. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. you talked about like little noticing little things, um, this time more, uh, one thing I had never seen and I didn't hear anybody else on all the pot. I, I listened maybe four different ones this time. Um, there was one I had to quit listening to because I couldn't do it. But um, <laughs> one of the things I had never seen before was when uh, when uh, Vernon's t- uh, up in the face, um, the door scene, right, where, where he's, they first pull the pin and the door shuts and and he gets Andrew, he's like, Andrew Clark. And he gets up there and he has him put the thing in front of it and then you know he goes back to his seat and he's like, I expected more from a varsity player. And as you show, as he shows the cutscene, Andrew does this little flip off behind his hand and hides it real quick. Yeah. I had never seen that ever before. <laughs> like I just had never noticed it, but it's so subtle and it's one of those. Yeah. That's kind of, I could see that. Yeah. Um, because, because Bender's actually talking and they're talking to Bender. So you kind of pass by it, but I was just like, Oh, the subtleties of little things. So I started trying to look for more of those. I didn't find any others that I had never seen before or didn't notice uh, just out. But that was one that I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And it made me like Andrew a lot more, too. Andrew
0: is the one that kind of comes to everyone's defense at some point in the movie. He Mm -hmm. doesn't, you know, even when, even at one point when they're in a circle and and Claire's going on about something and getting mad at Bender, uh, you know, I think Andrew even defends him. He defends Brian, certainly with that whole wrestling movie Mm -hmm. you were just talking about. He's... He's... He's politically you know he tries to keep the he's a peacekeeper. I I at, at this I, you know I, I also got, have, I, think. I I think he's a protector. Protector. Right? I like that word better. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um and that's and that's so I was a wrestler too and and it was one of those things is like I don't know if it was the mentality of all wrestlers but I know me and my friends it was kind of that you know we we stuck up for the little guy more and more I think the more we got further into wrestling and stuff like that. And that's I saw that in him. I saw a lot. The only thing that I disagree with him being a wrestler, well, there was two things that would, would just never have happened, but his lunch is total bullshit for someone that's hilarious though. It makes sense for a football player because you're, you're not worried about weight, but a wrestler is worried about weight and you're not going to put that much food into your body when you're trying to make weight and keep maintain weight. You're not burning that many calories. So that was my Fair. only thing, and any Fair wrestler enough. out there yeah. will know that, and they're going to be like, oh, yeah, 100%. And the <laughs> other is is at the very end where she pulls the uh, state champion patch off his jacket. And his Velcro. Um, to, to, <laughs> so there's two parts that, to that. First off, it would never just be stuck on there with some Velcro that, or whatever it is. And two, there's like no fucking way am I letting some girl take my patch. Like, I might let you wear my jacket. Right. But there ain't no way I'm letting you just take my state champion <laughs> patch because that's like state champion is one guy in your weight class every year. Just one guy. I mean, that's that's some, some, some serious stuff. So those those were the only problems I had as a wrestler. Um Other than that, I thought Andrew was was perfect. I, I think everything he did fit the, the mentality of of someone that would be in that position. 100 percent. You know, he kind he you know. A lot of jocks get get that reputation as as that's what they are, you know. But really, they they are they're they're, you know, they're sensitive behind their armor, you know, and and they're protectors and they and stuff like that. So I thought it fit really well.
0: Um, Paul Gleason playing the assistant principal Richard <laughs> Vernon, um, I thought oh, wow. brought such a. I mean, he was he really captured that authority. (laughs) You know, that, that someone who's a little high on his own authority in a, Mm -hmm. in a kind of a, a, a small environment and making the most of it. Um, I really, I I was, when I was reading some of the early, that early script I found, I did not, I thought the character was really lame. I was like, he was, he was, um, I think they talked about him being overweight and, and, (laughs) and you know, it, it, it just was very it was almost too stereotypical, whereas this this was more of an interesting
1: uh,
0: and realistic portrayal. I could I mean, I didn't like him. You didn't like him.
1: <laughs> that was no. Rare. So um, he was based off of a, a John Hughes uh, gym teacher who had failed him during his school year. Interesting. Um, okay. And so that's where the over it might have been a physical description of his actual teacher, you know and and so it's funny as they they talk about it and like 10 years after the movie came out apparently they're at a, a class reunion and that <laughs> teacher's there and he talks to him and he says he's like yeah he's like yeah I didn't that teacher character I didn't like that guy he was a jerk <laughs> not realizing that it was actually based off of him and which I thought was hilarious finding out but yeah uh I think you know you're right Gleason brought some greatness to that character and and he's very believable um and he he has that you know, they talk about it, you know, uh, him and Carl talking, you get that I- idea of like, he was, he was, a a, a person that thought teaching was going to be one way. To me, I see him as a Brian, right? I see him as a Brian. He was probably smart. He went and studied and stuff like that and thought he would be a teacher. Possibly thought, and, and this was his, now he had a little bit of power and he let it go to his head kind of thing. Yeah. Like as a, as an authority figure, he kind of let it go to his head and you know and he and he has a bender character who's just buttoned up against him and he's like like no matter what i do like this guy won't just back down and one of the scenes um it's when he first goes out uh it's after the scene where he gives him all the extra detention. right oh yeah yeah and he you know gets a door shut it was like the fuck you and then they show gleason in this and and he has that he comes out at first and it, and you just see his, his facial expression change from that like stern to like almost tired almost like worn down almost like
0: almost what have i done too he almost feels yeah like yeah well that's some
1: sort of regret like like he didn't want exactly. to play out that way yeah. and that's and i saw that too and i don't think i'd ever seen that before yeah. um yeah that's and a I, good call. yeah and i was just like man it, it it almost for a second makes you feel for the guy you, for, uh, for a, for a when, second,
0: when you were describing the scene and you described the fuck you, you, you mm-hmm. did it in a very musical way, <laughs> which well that
1: that's I how know, it happened.
0: I know. I know. And, and it was, it was my segue into calling out the fact that, you know, John Hughes being very well known for using music to help put movies together. I think he, he oh. does a lot of, he puts a lot of forethought into the music and how he wants to use music to, to carry scenes. And, um, I, and,
1: uh, this I mean, has not- very little music at all and it doesn't need it and i think that it, it has very little background sound
0: well it doesn't have a, like a it doesn't have a, um, a theme it doesn't have i mean it has he uses songs he uses
1: one song he uses one song in the opening in the beginning um there's the song when they're running in the hallways trying to get back um, there's the the after Mollier, they spoke potty got high
0: no, well he uses them in little subtle ways that's what yeah. like that fuck you part and also like when they're talking about moye moye yeah. or whatever <laughs> mole
1: really <laughs> that's what I would have said too I wouldn't have ripped up the Mollier, book I wouldn't, okay. have done, I wouldn't have done that but I might have said it right.
0: yeah but, but I, I think he uses it in, in simple subtle ways sometimes uh, he'll make a song popular he doesn't always use them. I mean, he uses pop songs. It's not like they're the the uh, the best songs. Well, I, I think know a- I th- Al- Ally Sheedy said her her proudest moment was the fact that she got to. Uh, she made
1: the quote from David Bowie. Well, she
0: suggested it early yeah. on in the filming. That quote from Changes and and uh, and apparently and never heard anything from him, but apparently it, it yeah a, that was made a made a, made some sort of uh it well, stuck with him and, and he put it in the movie.
1: So as little as music this has in it, I looked at the soundtrack. There's only like it's very few songs it's i think it's maybe 10 total songs yeah but it has one of the most iconic songs <laughs> sure uh right i mean the it, uh, don't you
0: forget about me is that the title or yeah is that, that's it's actually title.
1: don't you forget about me in in parentheses, in parentheses
0: oh god yeah <laughs> uh
1: right and that was performed by simple minds yeah. that was actually supposed to originally it was going to be done by uh billy Idol. Um, but he couldn't do it for some reason or didn't want oh, to do it oh so can't... it was written for the movie it was or... written for the movie
0: wow billy idol i could see
1: him see him yeah. but well he but... actually he does it, he does it later he covers it in one of his albums oh great uh, yeah and so i thought that was cool but that is one of those songs is every time you hear it sure you you think i mean you just you cannot now think about breakfast club it's just one of those the the two are tied forever and ever you know amen kind of thing it's just that's how it is and it is such a good song uh um, in
0: simple minds I, I mean i don't know how many hits they had but that had to be really their only real big hit it um, was <laughs> yeah <laughs> kind I, of the, I believe so they're kind of the one hit wonder
1: um, but that's stations. i mean but for as far as i mean this song still gets played today oh yeah i mean 36 years later it gets played today probably on certain stations multiple times uh you hear it all the time in weddings You know it's played in movies still a lot it's it's just one of those very iconic um songs and and uh it it fits so well and i love the fact that it it starts the movie and ends the movie too uh i think that it's it was really cool it fit kind of both ways um
0: that's true yeah it's got bender's big you know finale where uh, he he so that was a pumps his fist
1: that was actually an ad-lib too apparently they they had filmed like 10 different ones where he's walking off and doing different things and And at the end, apparently the very last one he does, he does that. And everybody's like, oh, that's so perfect. And it wasn't written. It wasn't, no one even told him to do it. It was just one of those, like, I'm going to try this. Yeah. And it worked out.
0: You know, it's almost a moment in the movie, like, it it reminds me of that moment when Andrew, you know, is going through his... um, his uh dance or he starts dancing his foot, his foot loose yeah he was foot yeah exactly <laughs> that's funny you say foot loose cuz what I was watching this with my wife the other night and and after that she's all did foot loose come out before or after this so, it i think it came out before it and <laughs> it people must've. were saying it might have been a tribute to it <laughs> but he goes into that little sound studio and he does the scream and the and the in the glass yeah shatters. and which is a moment that is is kind of unrealistic but at the same time i think it fits in the movie it's it is fantastical almost like that fist pump at the end because nobody walking along is i mean
1: oh no i've done that okay but but, i've done that days walking out of work going hell yeah i'm out of (laughs) here
0: but but you're almost doing it with a movie in mind when you do it you know (laughs) maybe I, i don't i don't know if that's i mean that's i it was a it was he just got a diamond physical, ring. It was a physical representation of what he was feeling, and they wanted to kind of yeah. portray that on screen. And I get he that he kissed and a
1: pretty girl, and to he me, got a
0: diamond ring. I get that. It's <laughs> di- kind of the same thing as <laughs> as how Emilio Estevez, Andrew kind of manifests yeah. what he's feeling in kind of a ridiculous thing because you know yeah. it's not going to break the glass, and and no, gonna, there's going to be consequences, but it works, and you can get away with those sort of <laughs> fantasy moments. <laughs>
1: So I I, I think uh, I think so. I was reading a couple things, and and uh, they say John Hughes is the only thing he regrets about the movie. Like the only scene that he would redo is that glass shattering. Oh no! See, and I could I could see it working either way. Like I could see if it didn't shatter, he just went in and did the scream. This, this, I I think it. (laughs) Go go ahead, go ahead. To (laughs) me, it's like he shuts the door and he turns around and he just screams his loudest, but there's no sound. Like it would have been like that. Complete silence that we got from uh, the the last uh, Star Wars, right? We were like, nothing. <laughs> to me, that would have been perfect. If it was like, or or even better, like the Ace Ventura where he's opening and closing the window, and, oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. that to me would have been excellent too. Without the shatter, I think it would have had the same amount. Of, like just the him screaming would have just like that raw emotion. I, I think I th- that would have been good.
0: I think it's fair to have moments in the movie that aren't real. You know, it was almost like,
1: you like know, Claire and Bender.
0: acknowledging the fact that this is still a movie. There's, you can get away with these kind of little moments of, of, uh, of
1: fantasticalness. Like smoking and pop for the first time and being okay in a couple hours. Like right. an hour. Yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, it drives the script forward. And, and so, so I don't, I, I don't think it's, this is a necessarily a script that, that you need to, it, it, it has a, a heart that's real. But it does. It it's does not. It doesn't
1: it doesn't necessarily have. You have to put your disbelief uh, glasses yeah. on a little bit. And That's OK. That, I think. that's. Oh, yeah, fun. I think that's OK. So uh, a <laughs> couple things I wanted to mention, too. It's like, first off, all those kids would have had uh, detention again because of all the damage <laughs> they did. Right. Yeah. For 100 percent. Well, I know.
0: Um, I know, Andrew, one of his motivations through this whole thing is he does not want to miss his next, sa- right. next Saturday, he's got a meet, he's got a meet. Yeah. And so, so yeah, towards the end, when he starts really, you know, he, he gives up on, oh my gosh, some of the cut scenes where he's like, where they're running across as there, there's this cut scene where Vernon is getting something out of a, um, a vending machine and they're all crossing the hallway. And yeah, I, it was just like, there's
1: no way this is so you know i've seen that one that must be the one that they put in the tv it sure, must be because yeah. i've seen that i've seen that one before yeah well i lo- i i love that i mean that's a great scene to begin with too is um the hallway scene where they're when they go to get the dubage and then they have to run you know from vernon i i just i love the very first shot of it there they kind of run across the hallway and then they show them running back and Alishidi's just leaning against the <laughs> lockers like you guys are idiots then there's one that just it makes me happy every and, time and I that, see it, and it that is-
0: that's not how I mean. You say that, and that's probably not how that would play out. That's how it plays out in the movies, and I think it's oh, fair yeah. to have. And that's where I'm. That's where I like those little kind of unrealistic touches that kind of are, oh, right. are, are fun and clever that are meant for the movies. And this movie is able to have a few of those and get away with it. Okay, yeah. go ahead, sorry.
1: So so they're going through that montage, right? And, and there's one scene where they kind of run out and then stop and try and go back. Well, you can see Molly Ringwald, she's the last one to come out and they're all stopping and she still going forward. But she has this huge smile on her face. You could tell it's this this out of character moment where, and then they're all running back. And every time I see that, it just it makes me happy because I'm like, this would have been a fun scene, like you know, them running around, laugh. They're probably laughing their asses, doing this, you know, the whole like trying to stop and slide and you know. I just thought that was a a cool scene, um, and it's you know, very unbelievable. Like first off, you would hear people running in those hallways especially if there's no one else here around but you like yeah. you would hear that forever um, there was an interesting like there was, okay. like how big is that fucking school <laughs> like like I, I mean it I went
0: down different I, I thought it was funny seeing some internet ragers talking about uh, the clock, you know, when they're running down uh and and the clock says 12:05 and then it cuts to the to the basketball scene where vendors trying vendors trying to Do you try, shoot Yeah, and and it's 12 25 it's like 20 minutes later and they're saying they're saying no way and then there's some people saying well well no the clock could be wrong because carl calls that out earlier oh yeah wrong or it could have been 20 minutes later but but i mean (laughs) that's the sort of stuff that doesn't matter that
1: much i so so the the scene in the basketball with, with uh bender doing the basketball shoots and you know shooting the hoop and stuff the best part about that is his shoes he found the one lone tennis shoe that you know there's always a shoe left in the i don't know like where we always had one just sitting floating around somewhere in the gym You did okay
0: we Sydney and i were talking about this the other night when we were watching it trying to figure out if there was something if that meant something i didn't realize. oh hell no we always had there was always some someone left their shoes or something that's but, great
1: to hear i'm gonna have to yeah, share that her. Yeah. <laughs> and but i look the fact that he has one on right and it's a, a white tennis you know high top compared to his boots and then when when he uh, gets the ball kicked at him, apparently that up. was that was ad lib too, uh, and he jumps up and the shoe stays down, and then he he, he leaves the shoe and, and goes to get his jacket and his boots. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious, and uh, yeah, so that was pretty fun. So he, I mean, um, oh, why am I blowing his name now? Uh, Bender, Judd Nelson had some ad lib stuff. That was one of them with the basketball, like the the nice. throwing two in the the rolling. Now the other one, and this was a this was a crazy scene, and and this this was one of those ones where you kind of feel bad for Bender, but you also kind of don't in a way because it's like is when he gets stuffed in the closet and and Gleason's going off on him, Bender's going off on him, and he he does the where he throws the punch at him like he's you know and and he flinches. Yeah. Apparently that was he he didn't know that was going to happen. He didn't he thought he was going to hit him. Yeah, Uh, And so it was one of those is like, man, but that that whole scene is like it's very telling. And and it shows. And this is this is where the potential in Bender is there is you could tell a lot of what he's talking. Total bullshit. It's it's all armor. It's all that. I'm a tough guy. uh, You know, I don't let anything hurt me kind of thing. And this is where it breaks down and, and it shows.
0: Yeah, I I would have liked to have seen the the I I really I I Judd Nelson. I I thought he was he really. I thought he was too pretty. Part okay. Oh, too pretty. Interesting. Um, well, maybe that's why Claire was a little bit attracted to him and, and
1: I mean, that. pretty in the fact that he wasn't a tough guy. Pretty, he was a he was his skin was too smooth. He okay. had a pointy ass nose, which bugged me, but he just. And that I, little fucking hair thing, the little gray hair. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was like, it's just stupid. <laughs> I thought he was
0: too old. I thought I thought yeah. he showed his age a little bit more in that role. I would have liked to have seen that role played by someone younger. But maybe that was a tough. I mean, I, this was a movie okay. that that had two actors that were young, and at a time where typically teen movies never had actors that were under twenty. You know.
1: So here's so, where I think it works. Okay. All right. Is the character he's playing is not the smartest guy he's in detention always right he's probably doesn't do any of his homework he probably gets f's in all his classes so he might be on his second or third year as a senior you know what i mean so I, he, yeah. might that, right. he might be You're that you might be that 19 19 year old senior yeah right it, 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 they, we had him i had there was one in my school i remember so i mean there's a possibility that that and that's where i i i can see it working I, I i agree with you he did think he was a little he did look a little too old for the part i I, th-
0: I think it was a role that was a little bit more overly scripted i think i talked about this before yeah but it just it just he always had dialogue that he was he was delivering and that makes the it makes the delivery a little bit less genuine and that's something where some of the the comments that you know that you know molly Molly Ringwald and Anthony Michael Hall and and um, even Emilio Estevez, they, they were able to kind of uh, morph some of their responses yeah. genuinely. And I think Anthony Michael Hall was called out for being really good at that, where he could he could take a line, yeah. come up with a gist of it, and then just regurgitate it in a different way that made it feel real. Um,
1: and and he was great at ad lib. I mean, he, well, he had a, a fake ID so he could vote. <laughs> I, I mean, that was fucking clear. That was so good. That was, that was one of, I mean, like really like if someone would. that Yeah, you're right. That
0: was not in the script. I think it, in the, in the script that I read, it said something like he, like, like it was supposed to be his year that he was born six sixty oh. eight, 68, you know, or something like that. You know, where
1: I, I thought it was hilarious, but he's like, why do you need a fake ID? <laughs> it's
0: so hilarious. I can vote.
1: Yeah. I, thought that was, that I, was I loved his line
0: when he when he talks about the exits. Both ends <laughs> of the, it's it's like it's it's like an inspired moment. I can contribute to this, and and he in, right. in, inadvertently has no idea that he's completely contributing to the yeah. to, to the downfall of the door being closed.
1: <laughs> so someone brought that up, and I don't know if it was a critic or or just someone talking about it. But uh, his, his Michael Anthony or Anthony Michael Hall. <laughs> uh, I I don't know why I call him that all the time. Yeah, that's weird. Um, His performance uh, was probably one of the best, and and the fact that everything he did was believable, but his character had that innate act of where anytime something was going on, he he would have that kind of like just trying to like slowly be part of it. Like you know, they're talking about the clubs, and he's in the background. I'm in the physics club and in the math club. Oh, and with
0: his lisp, you know, like he like he, he he.
1: Fub, fubs his words a little bit. I'm in the fifth club. Yeah, yeah I'm trying to say
0: it. <laughs> <Yeah>. It's brilliant.
1: <laughs> but it, you know, he does that in the whole thing, and just one of those that uh, just worked out great. Um, that was
0: actually in the script. The, the the background talk where he's trying
1: to interject. Oh, okay, that, that was scripted out. So well, I think it was good for the character because it it made sense for that character where he has enough knowledge that he would he would interrupt with with what you know advice or what knowledge he has of the situation he wants to and be I a think, part of things yeah yeah i totally get that yeah well <laughs> and you know it's funny like you know he had he had some of the best talking and, and he really is a background character that kind of feeds into other conversations where they did a really good job with filming for Allie. she didn't say much um but they always cut to her with visuals, like her her facial expressions and stuff. And so right. those, those were the words that uh, Brian had that brought him into the group. Her visuals and her facial expressions brought her into the group. Like, th- there was times that they show her and you're just like, like she's smiling or she's kind of got tears in her eyes. Like she's just feeling, she's very she's the empathetic character of the group like she she can feel what's going on and and, and that's what i really loved about her character and she squeaks yeah <laughs> her squeaky noises were the best like the very first one where she squeaks and drops the hood i was like that was so perfect yeah um yeah she was great in that and i mean we talked about it earlier with my drink with their sandwich so I wanted to talk about that a little bit, right? We get to the lunchtime, and, and you know, the biggest scene lunchtime, right, is her with her her sandwich. And it starts off with her opening the bread, right, the sandwich, and she throws olive loaf, right? It's a piece of olive loaf, and it sticks up on the... the uh, the oh, statue. the meat! Is that what it is? Okay, it's like the It's meat. olive loaf. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. It's got and that great got,
0: statue that's sitting back there, going like, "What the hell is this statue?" Mean? I you think
1: it's only reason it was there was to get olive <laughs> loaf thrown on it and for Bender to sit on it later.
0: And ride on it like ride it like a ride, like a bull, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. So I, I I was really curious about that that sandwich when when I watched it because they do a quick cut to it really quick when she's pouring the Pixie sticks on it. And one of the things I noticed and the first time I saw it, I thought it was cheese. I thought there was a piece of cheese underneath, and I was like, oh my God, that's that's gross. Like the cheese with pixie stick on it. <laughs> and then I went back and watched it and it, it, it might be butter. But like, Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I'm like, okay. But then I was like, why would you put butter on an olive loaf sandwich? But okay. No the other thing I Oh, my mom growing up, <laughs> she made
0: so I had a mother that made me sandwiches, cheese and butter. No mayonnaise. Cheese and butter. Really? Yes. So I will I, so I'm just giving okay. you
1: that as that's a thing. I've never ha- I've never had a butter sandwich. I've had butter ah. toast, but I've never had a butter sandwich. But I will put butter between my peanut butter and jelly. Okay. I do like that. Okay. But the other thing I noticed is there was two different pieces of bread. One was white and one looked like not necessarily like a multi It definitely was not from the same loaf of bread. Which I I don't know if I've ever had a homemade sandwich (laughs) that came with two different pieces of bread from different loaves of of bread, which I thought was like, okay, that's kind of interesting too. Right. And she pours the three pixie sticks on it. Right. And then she puts the captain crunch and And smashes
0: it in, yeah, mashes it.
1: And so that was her idea. Ali Ellie Sheedy's idea was to put the captain crunch for, for the the crunchiness and the sound effect. She actually ate that sandwich (laughs) or at least parts of parts of it. Um, and Apparently, she was a very healthy eater at the time, not a lot of sugars. So, apparently, she got this huge sugar rush off that sandwich and like was just going off the walls for a while and then crashed super hard.
0: <laughs> so, I just thought roll, it was funny. But roll film, let's get some of this yeah. on tape. Yeah, I I w- As you were talking about that, uh, it, it rem- you know, when I watched this when I was a, a 14 year old or 15 year old or whenever I, whatever age I was. She was the character that was the most um, had the most impact as far as revealing something that I didn't quite get. I, I understood this idea of a jock who had pressure or a mm-hmm. or kind of the the the, the um, uh, bad guy or the the criminal that <laughs> yeah. that that has. You know, bad, bad The heart bad. of gold But but when <laughs> When they kind of Exposed her character and what What motivated Who she was This You know, with that one line uh, You know, I'm They ignore me I I was really moved by that Because I hadn't When I was a kid I had never thought of someone That would be ignored like that I, I was I was You know, I My parents were I I had typical parents You know, they were Mm-hmm I, I have, I don't have any bad thoughts about them. They, they raised me well and, and loved me. And, and, and I got teased for being the Cosby family, you know, <laughs> right. And we know how Cosby turned out. So I, I
1: was just going to say, wait, is it because of that? Or or did your dad wear sweaters? No, yeah, the Cosby
0: show, you know, it was just kind of like this. I was very, I was raised in a very wholesome family. Um, yes. and, and so, so that it was not it was an interesting film from that perspective is that it gave me insight into into someone that I didn't quite know at the time you know and and so yeah
1: I I can see that because it's not it's not your standard uh, archetype right the 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 forgotten child or the the kid that is ignored so the interesting thing for me and and watching her character was is is uh, junior high for me was seventh and eighth grade. And uh, I went to a school, um, I was a skateboarder at the time, and it was more of a really, wasn't like a popular thing at the time. It wasn't like it is now where skateboarders are really cool. It was kind of like, they weren't, you know, they weren't as cool, you know, it was kind of more of a punk rock type thing in a school that, that wasn't cool. So I had very few friends as far as like the big, big picture. And so I could see that, you know, you kind of do things to become, to, to fit in, however possible, and I think that's what they were trying to do with her—is like whatever, whatever it takes to to get the attention, whatever it takes to to be loved type thing. Um, not necessarily like it was driven from being ignored by my parents, because I I was I wasn't ignored by my parents. I I had a single father, but wasn't ignored. You know, nothing like that. But I could see where it was where she came from and stuff like that. And so it was it was probably the less known archetype that that they were and I but I thought it was really cool how they did it um, and I think it had more impact than some of the others because I think everybody in one way or another is will will say or do mostly say whatever they need to 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 get the attention in in, in a lot of times and that's really where she can you know the her story starts off and, and she's like well I I'm this well I'm really just uh, or what would she say pathological liar or or you know I'm it's not a
0: nymphomaniac yeah I'm a pathological right
1: liar, yeah. and so it, it's one of those things Is compulsive, like compulsive compulsive not compulsive liar yeah. I was like yeah it doesn't sound right but but do you know what I mean that's like she would say whatever it didn't you know the scene with her walking in the the hallway with Andrew to get this you know the vodka uh, yeah, your, yeah 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 what's your drink of choice vodka when do you drink that whenever I can you know shock value stuff yeah, and and so, I I could see that where she is not well,
0: and and it's Andrew that finally calls her on her. calls, he her, calls her on her, on her. <laughs> when he says when he says, uh, you know, uh, you know, yeah, I've got shit, but but you dump your shit in front of me yeah. and ask, you know,
1: I you know, dumped what? your bag out in front of us. Yeah, yeah.
0: So either you you want, you, I don't know how he puts it shit i i know this script <laughs>
1: i was saying <laughs> earlier
0: that i know all the lines
1: in this thing no i i know what you're saying oh, but my. yeah well that was a very touching and i was really you know when they start when he starts talking and she's like he's like yeah my parents and she's like my parents too and, and he's like well what'd they do to you and right there i was like oh no don't make don't don't be that one <laughs> and you know I'm, I'm sure everybody's like oh here we go. It's going to, you know, where, where, where did they touch you? And, you know, kind of thing. And, and, and it's just the opposite. Yeah. And it's like, they ignore me, which makes a lot of sense because, you know, if you think back to how she got dropped off, which is a very good uh, point to bring up of this movie is like, we get introduced to these characters from jump, right? The, the, you know, we get the car drop off. You yeah. can't believe you can't get me out of this. And you get Claire and then you get Brian. Cool thing. I, I love this about Brian, is in the car his mom is played by his mom yeah but then... and the sister is played by his sister yeah
0: uh and i saw some behind the scenes footage of him playing with his sister it's like oh that's uh, awesome she gets to go yeah <laughs> the way, the way... and the look he gives her is so
1: perfect i was like oh my god it's so cool i love that uh another cool note is um brian's dad who picks him up is played by john hughes
0: yeah and we got to kind of relive this in the ready player 2 <laughs> yeah they did talk cause they, about they it they mentioned that that's why he was able to be in that land is because he's a character oh right and that's that's how they're able Thin. to track
1: him down as the father's yeah you know when they, all the all the dads come out to they get yeah. The, yeah the paper yeah um I just thought that was great, but yeah, I mean, we get we get Allie. She gets out of the car and she kind of stands there for a second and starts to lean forward, and they pull off. It's like, oh God, it just, it hurts. Yeah. You know, when you're watching that, it's like, oh, you just feel for that person, because as bad as all the other archetypes are, you know, uh, Claire's really, I don't think is that bad. I think she's probably the the lamest of the one. Like her, you know, what she has to deal with, I think is probably the least, least dramatic. You know, Bender, yeah, you, you live a rough life, so you sometimes you have to act tough to, to survive. I get that. Andrew, yeah, you know, the pressure to be a top athlete from a parent can be very rough, especially if that's not what you want. And then the same with, with Brian as far as uh, the academics. But, I mean, her is just, it, It's it's tough to be, nobody wants to be ignored. Nobody wants to be thought yeah. of as nobody. You know, everybody wants love. It's true. I don't know
0: if I I agree. I I I almost feel like I I don't want to 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 try to measure the value of 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 the.
1: That's well, alright. I'm the, here. I'll do it.
0: Well, well, the <laughs> Molly Ringwald character and, and what she's going through versus you know I I agree. You you, you don't want to be abandoned like like Ally Sheedy's. and to me that does seem heavier. But there there are definitely psychological consequences of having parents play. You know, play oh, I'm not against saying,
1: you and stuff. I'm not saying. Uh, okay, so here's here's my thing is, yeah, her parents are, but she gets whatever she wants. You know, when when you're on when you no, also de- when you're dealing with other stuff where it's like, yeah, life isn't life isn't easy, and I got all this other shit. Well, it's a, it's, I mean, you could say Ali
0: Sheedy, her character has the freedom to do whatever she wants. They don't care. She can get away with anything, and and. I'm just saying that okay. I think there's two sides that, that I don't, that, which as, as much as I sympathize or, you know, empathize even, <laughs> even, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid to, to try to, to, to weigh the difference between one versus the other. And I think that, that, this movie, there's that great scene when Brian is talking about the elevate, the elephant tail doesn't turn the light on you. I pulled it's the, the tail. trunk. The trunk. The trunk. Oh, yeah, right. The trunk. And, and, I love it when he says he talks about trigonometry well, you know when when, oh, they call, right. when when Bender calls him on and, he, and he's all without light there'd be no without without electricity there'd be no light right or what, did, what did yeah. he say? something like that yeah but it, I mean, uh, yeah it, it, it's like an immediate moment where you feel completely worthless and that's where Brian felt like I am completely worthless because I cannot make light. He just exposed exactly what yeah. he's afraid of. Here is here's, if, here's if this he was criminal a criminal that, that <laughs> is better than me
1: because he can create light and I can no. <laughs> if he was smart he would have said, Yeah, that's why I get a candle out. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> well You know <laughs> yeah. I, I, I
0: just think that, that 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 there's there there's different You're things right. that you have to think about and you don't Each know. Each has how a they... different
1: weight. Well, and here's the other thing, too, is everybody's going to look at and weigh them differently because of their background, right? We had we had very significant different backgrounds, and, and so well, we take that, different things from, from them. And that's where this
0: movie is very effective in that it strips away the stereotypes. It's like you absolutely see the stereotypes at the beginning, and they do, their, do a really good job through the movie of trying to strip those away and just expose kind of the humanity of each of these individuals. They still have the, you know, they still have, typical things that come along with the baggage that comes along with who they yeah. are, but, um, but they're all so the, have something to say and they're hurting, you know? Right.
1: So the biggest part problem with this movie today compared, and I don't know if it was even compared, maybe I, it just got glossed over as much, but I mean, we look at the Bender character and his treatment of Claire in, in today's <laughs> day. Right. And just like the me Too movement.
0: Yeah. Are you it, going to the, the New Yorker article with it? That,
1: well, I mean, and it's not wrong. And, and uh, watching it I, again, I was like, just God. I mean, first off, like, OK, as, as much as I was a bully or I, I never bullied girls like that ever. I, I just that just I shouldn't say that. But, I probably did. But, but, but not like that.
0: You don't think that it's realistic how how the bullying happened? I mean, or at least. OK, at least so, from okay. someone on the other end might
1: feel here's, here. Here's my problem. Here's my thing. That bullying might have happened like that. But I don't think you would have ever made a girl attracted to the guy doing it. Okay. Okay. This isn't this isn't like kindergarten where you punch the girl you like and pull her hair because you like her. This is this is much worse than that in the, on a much deeper level. What if you twisted around
0: and say the girl was attracted to the guy beforehand, and and everything he said, um, you know, hurt, and at the same time that that pain, kind of. I, I, I don't know. I, I disagree. So I don't I, I, I don't I think that I don't I think absolutely you could be attracted to someone that is causing that much that much pain, especially well, if okay. you're in a home life where you have two, uh you know, a, a, a father and mother that are, you know, kind of I can you know, I can see and, and, if it
1: was picking on her. Right. But not the way he did, not the way he said things and not the shit he did. Like there's a point where it just goes too far and and this is where i had a problem with it especially watching it nowadays like if i would have been in andrews shoes i probably wouldn't have said a word i probably would have just decked him i i, I that's that's how strongly i would but, i felt but this like is, that this he is, went overboard
0: this is 49 year old noah talk how old are you no i'm
1: saying yeah 49
0: okay i mean there's a difference between that and the, and and 16 year old
1: noah right no I mean, 16 year old noah probably still would have punched him
0: okay but that, that's
1: where no, Go that's ahead. where the, the, the Andrew Bender meld of me is, is like I was Andrew as far as I would or but I was also the Bender that I would have like went full on. But just the the, the con, like, like the whole I, I could have been OK with the some of the first part, like, you know, oh, are you guys dating and just but he just he, he just takes it too far. It just there's some problems with it that I just had and. And that's where I have a problem with them hooking up. I can see her using it in a way, but in, in, okay. But to I, say I, all that, I know what I agree. you mean. I, 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 <laughs> I Well,
0: okay. You, you just said I agree. I'm going to agree with you that I had a big problem. That that I thought it was almost like an ideal Hollywood ending that these, these well, couples and that's, ended and that's, up, and it bugged me. But it was only this week that I was trying to reconnect of connect with that and say, well. You know why, this why happens. Did it bug you? People know that 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 the kids get driven to start relationships based on these sort of moments where they they come to terms with who they are, and it's like it's like that speed. Like I was talking about speed, and 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 that it, it just it creates these moments. And no, they're not going to last, but it makes it does. So make okay, sense the difference in possible. speed
1: though is they they were going through a traumatic time and trying to help each other, and like. You know, he wasn't constantly, you know, hey, are you a virgin? Or oh, you know, and like, oh, you're such a, you know, he wasn't picking on her. That's my biggest problem. Is 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 I don't. I mean, I understand that. Yeah, the bad no. boy gets girls. That was my biggest thing. Is like, I just don't see. Like, I can see her using it as, as a, um, mechanism against her parents. And that's the only thing. Yeah,
0: I I get it. You know, I was watching a bunch of YouTube videos on, um, you know, you know we. Uh, you can watch those videos where a scientist looks at looks at Iron Man. <laughs> I was looking at, at an, uh, a, oh, a, pilot, oh. a pilot looks at Sully and and uh, you know a couple of airline oh. movies and stuff. But it would be interesting to see a psychiatrist or a psychologist look at oh my look God. At breakfast club and try to to talk. That's through a these brilliant
1: characters. idea. Well, these characters because because it gets I would watch the, that. Well, <laughs> it gets to the heart
0: would... of what you're saying is that. It, it is it is it fair to think that this this character would would follow this path this arc this this developmental arc in within a twenty four hour period yeah. or less so um, like like Claire does she kind of li- falls for the criminal or the the yeah. whatever you want to
1: call him I listened to like I said four or five different podcasts and, <laughs> and several of them had female characters on it and not one of them thought that Claire would have ever ended up with Bender or or anything like that. Now I do, I will say that watching it, there is the, the, the acting and the way the movie was filmed, you could see her kind of falling for him the whole time. And it really starts with the, the Monet, uh, when he (laughs) says it, uh, yeah, she gets that smile on her face and stuff. Uh, you could see there's a lot of little things, but it's just one of those things. It's like, I would have, I would have been okay with it if if, if, it, if it would have tapered down. But I mean, we get to the final, the final big scene where they're all sitting in the circle, and he fucking attacks her again. Right. For for and it's like, like if he wouldn't have done that, I'd have been like, okay, I can see the attack through up through lunch, and then all of a sudden it turns into like, oh, maybe I'm kind of doing this wrong, and it changes. But when you attack her right at the end and you still fucking kiss her like 20 minutes later, wow. bullshit. Well.
0: R- You know, I was talking about the earlier script that had the line where where Claire uh, says, "Yeah, it's okay to be for a boy to be a virgin if he's a fag." Yeah, my God, that character obviously was was scripted a little different, and true, and maybe that one made more sense to end up with Bender, and it was that she was
1: kind of a bad girl to begin with. Yeah, wanted to be a bad girl. Yeah,
0: and and. You know, I know Molly Ringwald and some of these actors (laughs) brought a lot of who they were and their own insight into characters to try. You know, I think Molly Ringwald even struggled with the character because, you know, she was playing like sushi. Well, well, she didn't know. (laughs) I I know she was supposed to be the hot, popular girl. And and I've seen some interviews where she said, you know, that she doesn't know if she's considered that pretty. She's kind of more of a. Oh,
1: hell no, dude. She was. A bomb. No, I th- I, I, <laughs> I
0: I agree with with your assessment. I think I think uh, I I and I don't think that's a prerequisite to being popular. Regardless, no, popular has nothing to do with it. Helps? Attract- yeah, it helps. But uh, but I mean, I was looking back on my high school years and some of the popular girls, and some, but they, they all kind of possessed something that was beyond. Beauty was—I mean, there was beauty, but yeah, it was—it was confidence. It was, yeah, there was a confidence in something, and that money was helps what she too. had to bring to the yeah, and money, which, <laughs> yeah. um, but she obviously brought something uh, unique yeah. that who she was to that role, which may not have lined up with the with the relationship. Yeah,
1: I, I agree. And then, so I wanted to talk to, uh, um, you know, there was, we have the problem with Bender and, and her, or I have the problem with her. And then, so a lot of the other uh, podcasts I listened to and just some of the stuff I read, they had a problem with Ali Sheedy's character at the end having the makeover and called it, you know, she was selling out and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I could see where they're coming from that, yeah, she changed up her look. But I also thought more like, okay, if, if I was looking at it from the Andrew aspect, I don't see her as changing. I, I see her as is taking off masks that she has to hide herself, right? You know, she, she she wears the big jacket and she hides under the hood. She keeps her face covered. Um, I saw more of like, she just kind of was, she was exposing herself more. You know, th- like I didn't take it as a full makeover. Like she, she went from being total goth and all black to wearing a white or light pink shirt. That was actually the shirt she was wearing, just underneath all of the big, heavy, you know, armor. Yeah. Essentially, and so I, I mean, I can see where they're coming from, and I understand the idea of it, and and but I also can see it from the other side. It's like she wasn't selling out, and she wasn't changing who she was. She was just removing the protective armor and walls around her to sh- to show her who it was. And you know, they even they even have a couple lines that kind of helped at least in my mind, and I'm not saying I'm right or wrong, you know, I'm not saying other people. But, uh, you know, he she asked Claire why she's doing this, and she's like, because you're letting me. <laughs> you know, it's not not, be, not like, well, I'm trying to make you pretty. No, it's like, why are you doing this? It's like, because you're letting me. It, it, I'm not changing you because I think you need to be changed. I'm doing your makeup because it's something I don't get to do, you know, it's kind of thing like that. And then, you know, we get the line when she first... Uh, Come comes face to face with Andrew and he's just mesmerized and she goes what you know like like you don't like it and he's like no I, I really do and it's but it's not like not like oh my god I didn't like it before it's almost like like almost I can like see you, yeah I can see you a little clearer I, I saw it more as like I, not as I can see clearly almost like you you did that to impress me when you didn't need to meaning he could see the feeling coming back yeah, you know what I mean, and that's kind of how I saw it. And like I said, everybody sees things differently because they they look at things through their own their own vision and their own ideals they grew up. And if if I would have had a girl, do something to change to to potentially, make me notice her more, meaning that she cared if I noticed her, I would pick up on that more and be, like, oh, she wants me to notice her, so I would feel more you know into that kind of thing. And that's how I took it, more or less. So.
0: I think it's fair for the movie in, in the sense that it that it's a movie. It can get away with kind of accelerating some of these things. Um, yeah. I do agree with some people who say that it's a little far-fetched, the acceleration of, of all, <laughs> these, all these things. But, but you don't get that. In movies, you know...
1: Right. You have to th- put... Yeah.
0: Yeah, and this was such a unique movie that decided to compress this all into, like, one nine-hour... Uh, period of time. And, and if you're gonna, if you're gonna tell a story, you've got to kind of push those boundaries a little bit like they did in this. So, so I, I, I kind of see both sides. I agree that it's, it's a little, it's, it pushes the boundaries to, er, of reality a little bit, but at the same time, eventually I can see a a character arc getting there and they just kind of compressed it a little bit.
1: Yeah, they did. I I agree with that a hundred percent. Like, yeah. they had to accelerate it now. I mean, and then we get to the, the, the last, uh, kind of couple that doesn't happen or that does happen. That's kind of, I look at as a couple is, is Brian and his essay. Oh, cause he right? kisses <laughs> the,
0: essay as, as, as the other couples are kissing each other. And yeah.
1: uh, I just thought it was funny. It's like, yeah, it's, it kind of sucks. I, I, I saw that it was originally supposed to be three guys and three girls in, in the episode. And I don't know. Oh, you're movie. kidding. Really? Yeah, no, I read that somewhere, and I think that was okay. from one of the early. Okay,
0: before you get to that, what do you think that sixth character would have been? To me, to me, the only thing I, I well, what I've come up with was the theater type. You know, there's the theater character, oh. and and it kind of is is the same as like an Andrew t- or as a Brian. He's kind of but but so theater, I see theater Andrew theater goes is more l-
1: as like like I see that more as an alley, no. uh, you know, character like theater people are okay.
0: Are, I, I don't know. I'm just trying to come up with another stereotype. No,
1: I think I think you're right. Yeah. Theater would have been good or, or yeah. Or I the mean, one that already. wants to run for AP, you know, president uh, of the school. Is that something? Well, see that, I mean, you, you, okay. So you have Claire, who's kind of the popular now you yeah. could have the, her, you could have her opposite, which would be more of the academic popular. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of different things that they kind of combined a little bit into they, Claire they did, and yeah, and they Ali. did a good
0: job with the five stereotypes. But but I'm just looking for more, and I'm sure I could yeah. up some some ideas. Of yeah, I don't know, but different it, stereotypes yeah. would have been. But
1: it could yeah, there could theater been, so was, I was what
0: I remember from 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 high school, and and I almost auditioned for a play just because <laughs> I wanted to get involved in. Uh, they were doing um, Little Shop of Horrors. And I was oh. the movie had just come out with Steve Martin, and I I loved singing that uh, Dennis <laughs> song, the, the I Am a Dennis song, and I, and uh, and I I and and the and the school put that play on, and I I almost auditioned for it, but it was more just to kind of become an, become a part of that clique, you know. So w-
1: were you not a theater guy? No, Did I was not? not. No, I was I was
0: <laughs> I was uh, in the I I was a person that kind of. I w- I w- got involved in different clicks. I was yeah. again. I, I was in my kind of my brain. Uh, you know, I, the brains. I, I definitely had that click because I was in a lot physics of club, honors and v- and no, I was in honors and AP classes. But I was kind of the. St- it was interesting. I was the stupid one in the honors classes. <laughs> <laughs> right? I was not. I was very- the stupid one in regular classes. I would have been okay. brilliant in regular classes, but it was like, <laughs> oh no, I had to like, I had to like. Just get high enough to where I could get into the honors classes, yeah. and except for math, math I was really good at. But English and history, gosh, <laughs> I, I I was embarrassed to to be in those classes. I didn't have that. But uh, I I was, I was so the, trying to get into the kind of the the,
1: the, the theater clique. So I laughed because I <laughs> was actually in theater my g- senior year. Oh shit! And, and, okay, so here's the case though. The reason I took the theater class was I was the senior class president and Wait, our scene you were oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah oh yeah i didn't know that and, oh yeah that's the click i was in i was i was and, in the popular jocks and so our senior class <laughs> is that yeah you- at a school that was not very white <laughs> um yeah we were a minority uh <laughs> and then so um i was a senior class president our senior class advisor was our drama teacher so uh i took drama uh, as a sixth period class, I can't remember. It was, it was mostly seniors and juniors and it was mostly, I figured it was an easy grade. It was something that, you know, uh, so I ended up doing drama and it was one of the class for me because I was not good at letting the emotional side of me show. Right. And we had to do like monologues and things like that and read out loud and just, you know, (laughs) that's not my strong suit. So, uh, but we were in a play. We did. Um, it was Look Who's Coming to Dinner, but it was kind of reversed. Instead of it was a uh, black male coming to dinner, oh, it was a white the... male. And you were the. They had to make a part for me because there was only one white male in the whole play. So I got to become the shopkeeper. Oh, you weren't the white male that came home to. Oh, me. hell no. Okay, I no, no, no. Okay, <laughs> not only not I, so. Here's the funny part of it. Uh, not only was I, I was really good backstage. I was I was great at doing lighting and all that stuff. Um, I was not great at acting and stuff like that. And when we we had to do the singing uh, auditions, they literally said, "Can I lip sync?" They're like, <laughs> "Noah, can can you lip sync?" And I'm like, "Yes, I can." And then, okay, well if you're on stage and there's a song we're gonna have you let it be because yeah but yeah so my senior year I was I was in play and and it was it was fun but it was more it was more of a click thing and hanging out with a lot of other seniors some juniors and it was it was it is what it is but yeah just funny that you wanted to be the, the theater guy I was but I didn't really want to be the
0: theater guy well when I was so. in uh, elementary school we did we did a play I think it was in sixth grade and I was uh, Tom Sawyer So I did have my my day in in theater where I got to, I got to play the lead role in uh, Tom Sawyer's Island and I remember I knew everyone's line and and I think <laughs> I, I, I have this I had this memory of my mom telling me yes she knew I knew everyone's line because during the play I would You'd be, mouth them. I, I would mouth everyone else's line as, as they were going. But I was probably a little full of myself on that. On that, riding high and.
1: I think and I was in a play in fifth and sixth grade. I remember in fifth grade, I think I played a tree. Um, and then in sixth grade, I think I was a rock.
0: <laughs> you played inanimate objects. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh,
1: someone Hello. had to do it. <laughs> I think I had to lip sync those ones too. I'm not sure, but it, it's possible. Um, oh,
0: personification so, of inanimate objects, man! You had to reach to to yeah.
1: lip sync for. A rock, I, I was know? really good as a rock, though. I, I I think I played that one off really good. Um, one of the other the the, the cool back to the movie. Yeah, we well, were uh, talking of,
0: about the six the six characters too, and yeah. I,
1: so we read about the sixth character and stuff. One of the other things I thought, um, it, it just one of the scenes in this is is after they all start to get high, they start the kind of dance montage. And uh, there's a couple cool things I read about this. First off, it was only supposed to be Molly Ringwald's character that danced in the beginning. And apparently she was so nervous and, and um, just couldn't do it that they decided all of them were going to dance. And so that was uh, one of the things. And I think it worked perfect. I, I, I love the fact. I mean, I love the, the um, oh, God, Footloose uh, interpretation by Andrew. Um, I love the three guys going across the banister and the kind yeah. of walk. So. I was thinking about that. Uh, one of the things, and, and because this was shot, shot chronologically, if you watch, um, you can see that uh, Brian, uh, Anthony, Michael, my, my, Anthony Michael Hall. You got it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm checking my... Um, had a growth spurt during the filming. And when he started out, he was shorter than... Uh, um, What's his bucket? Bender, uh, Nelson, Judd Nelson. And at the end, he's taller than him oh
0: my and, gosh
1: so <laughs> it's funny like when they do that banister you can definitely tell he's taller than him and so oh, i'm about to like have to that. go right. back
0: and watch that because i remember yeah. seeing weird science and i i was a big anthony michael hall fan and i think it was because of breakfast club because i, I don't know if i had seen 16 candles when i saw breakfast club mm. but you, you watch both of those he's 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 great because he's a character actor he doesn't you, oh yeah! You, you can't you can't watch those two movies and think it's the same guy. He plays well. And he characters. fits. He fits yeah. all three. Sixteen Candles,
1: Breakfast Club. And he he fits those parts to a T.
0: But I remember so- seeing Weird Science and his his newfound maturity <laughs> th- uh, threw me off a little bit. He he was no longer kind of the kid I could relate to because I was a little kid and I think that's how oh. I could relate to him with with uh, Breakfast Club or something. I, I and you know. I, I got I got kind of a growth spurt. I think it was when I was seventeen. When I was in uh, my senior year, I finally. I had I, mine in eighth grade. Well, I was I was the shortest kid in school until uh, I was a until I was a junior in high school. I think, and then I finally kind of had a <laughs> spurt that that caught me up. I, I I mean I've never been a tall person, but I I but there was one guy that I, that I knew that was just a little bit taller than me that we hung out because we were both oh. short kids. And I remember seeing him like five or 10 years later and he was still short. And I felt like <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, you know, he's like, Oh, thank God. I don't That's know. For it, it, it's, it's important their the, the height. You don't want to be, you don't
1: want to be the short kid.
0: You don't want to be the short kid. Yeah, I,
1: I, you know, I, I would have gotten over it, but two of my best friends were the short I, kids. So I, I, I get was,
0: it. I was happy that I didn't have to face that. That, that eventually, I got to a height where I was tall enough. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I mean, after after the dance scene, another another really cool part was the um, where they where they did the kind of. Um, it's almost the last kind of of them together montage uh, where they're sitting around kind of finally breaking the ice and you know this is where we get the andrew talking about why he was there and brian talking about why he was there and then we get the the interaction between ali and and claire you know uh the whole you know where she talks about having sex with her therapist which i i'm not sure if that was all ad-libbed or not if it was it's brilliant because it was it was great you know how she talks you know she goes on and she's the best thing was is like she goes well technically is it's not Ray because I'm paying him this
0: <laughs> the, the I, whole I, thing
1: is hilarious I, I read this
0: I read the early script and it was in the early script so it wasn't it wasn't ad-lib okay. I'm but I'm, I'm sure some of the delivery was ad-lib the only oh, thing it was it was, it was it was the in the script that I saw um Andrew uh, Emilio Estevez, all his revelation that was completely um, missing. So, oh, okay. If, if now I do know that there were multiple scripts, so it's possible that that was in another script. Oh, uh, it might have been a different but one. But if it was, was ad lib, that was brilliant. But um,
1: yeah, well, I like I like the one about with Ally and, and Claire, and where she's going back and forth, and then it it turns into the the talk like, well, are you a virgin again? You know, and mm-hmm. it's like. You know because then it's that double-edged sword is if you if wow. you are you're a prude and if you're not you're you know a slut. it was
0: really well and laid out you're either you're either a tease or a prude or a yeah or well a tease was the last one you're either a what were the three things i thought it was either a
1: prude or a slut
0: or a slut or a tease if if you don't want to say you know and that- gotcha That means you're, yeah, those to me, it was a triple edged sword and I thought it was so well portrayed (laughs) because everyone, when you're that age and you know, like I haven't had sex, you know, I, at that age, I hadn't had sex. And so it was not a question I wanted anyone to ask (laughs) me because once you ask, you're kind of caught up in that dilemma of what do you say? Do you say nothing? Do you say, do you, do you, do you make it up?
1: <laughs> so yeah I remember I remember some of that and I don't it wasn't high school but it was more junior high and I, I remember very a uh, big deal and you know I don't know if it was just because where I was or whatever but yeah I remember yeah I probably made up it you know once or twice different stories about it because yeah it was like you, you know especially as a guy you, you if you have it you're kind of like oh well, what's wrong with you you can't get a girl and really, when you look back on it, it's like, it is stupid, but it's like, as a kid, you don't know that. Um, and then you get to high school, and it's, I I ended up having sex a lot earlier in high school, I think my freshman year, so I wasn't really posed with that, but I mean, I could see where it could become a big deal, especially for girls. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was just a really cool way to, di- you know, to, to bring it out there, and I, and I love the fact that it really... Solidifies Allie because she tells the whole story, and then it turns out yeah she's a compulsive liar she didn't do any. Claire gets mad because she tricked her and stuff and yeah. I can't remember if that's when ben, Bender had a great line of like, are you physically frigid or is that a, are you mental or is that a state or something? I I can't I was trying to find the quote but it was just one of those like it's a great line, but it's also I mean this is where I ha- like I seriously have an issue with them hooking up is he still picking on her ruthlessly and it's like I just don't I mean I maybe well, there's girls I, I am, wonder be-
0: I wonder if there's characters like that that would say the only way I'm gonna get over this or I'm gonna get the upper hand is if I take the aggressive if I get more aggressive about this and that's the only way I know how to be aggressive so
1: I I, I agree it's it's definitely a character flaw in him, but I just don't end it well, up with or horror. in
0: her too in her that that's her her way of of dealing with it yeah. and that's when you look at the psychology of it and <laughs> yeah. but, but still this well, is just a movie that that tries to take a little God. photograph of this moment this nine hour moment in
1: I would love to and this would be a fun fun idea to do a podcast with or, or something but get say I don't know you got to have about four of each generation say get get some actual teenagers like some well do 16... this
0: so so when I think of you, stereotypically you're andrew and i've already kind of claimed to be brian we got to find a bender we got to, we got to find a, a basket case allison we to, and we got to find a a, a popular uh, rich rich uh, claire and do a podcast and 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 just kind of reflect i, I don't know <laughs> I,
1: I i agree with you that'd be cool too but no what i was thinking just how the just the generations would see it differently. So, like they're all saying, right. get like yeah. get a group of like, and and the reason it, you got to have at least one boy and one girl. So get get a the the early teen mid teens like fifteen to eighteen, get some mid twenties, some mid thirties, and then us, and <laughs> and all and and just see yeah what we see differently because I think. You know, the generational difference will, will play a lot into it. I mean, I know I see Bender differently now as I do as an adult, an older adult and a father as as I did before. Um, did, did you watch I, I, this uh, movie with your kids? Uh, you know, that's a good... I know I've watched several of them, but I can't remember if we sat down and watched this one. I mean, my girls are now... Uh, between 20 and 24 yeah so i don't know if we watched this when they were teens i don't think we have um truthfully but yeah it, it'd be one i would definitely i would love to sit down and watch I, with i them think now. i sat
0: down and watched this with casey I, i'm trying to um it she's and 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 she's one i watched movies with and she's typically very quiet when i watch them (laughs) and and then we'll you know later we'll talk about him and and uh you know she gets uncomfortable watching scenes that that are a little bit (laughs) risqué with 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 her dad Uh, you
1: know it's it's yeah i'm I'm sure what are you are you laughing because you you get that (laughs) so well no i almost got the opposite in it well i wouldn't say no no i'm not the opposite so there's this thing with me and Sierra, depending on what we're watching, <laughs> if, if one person's sitting watching person walks in 90% of the time, a sex scene is going to come up. Gotcha. It doesn't matter what it is. Like I, I, I was watching a show it was, but it's like, there's literally like one sex scene in the entire series of like, you know, 13 shows Sierra walks in during that one. At time. And it's just like, oh, okay. And it, it just happens all the time. And it's just, it's, so, it's something we know and we laugh about time now, but it's just the first couple of times it's very awkward. And I know sitting like, or I'll be watching something and, and you know, the two of the girls would be on the couch and something comes on and it's like, nobody wants to look, you know, it's very quiet. <laughs> so it, it's a very interesting yeah. thing. But yeah, I, I I think this would be fun to, I, I mean, if you've already seen it with Casey, it may not be as cool but may, maybe it might be worth a rewatch like it with
0: my son though i don't know if he's seen it or not i, I can talk to him that'd be I,
1: fun to have like a viewing you know maybe uh-huh. we have to maybe we have to wait till you know the covid restrictions are are released and and we can you know have yeah. friends uh in the same house but that would be fun to do uh i would also love to see like 16 candles um in that same aspect i think that would be another good one cuz it's a it's another one that's
0: you, it's and not as
1: deep you
0: brought up weird science which is which is so, I, such I, a good movie yeah well um uh, Cindy is my wife has told me about a, sto- a story where where she and her mom were out when she was a kid and and they they came home to the house and her brother and her dad were recreating the scene where they were, <laughs> creating, they were, they, they had bras on their head, you know, and they were, they were creating it. And it's like, silence, oh. you know, I don't know. They were geeking out over something, but, but, Oh but she's my God. That's that, so awesome. It, yeah. I could totally, I, it's just, it, that's the joy of that movie. It's so uh, ridiculous. And so, yeah. such a beautiful fantasy of every, every teen.
1: <laughs> well, I, I mean, there's, there's every all teen those boy
0: that just wants to get their hands. I, on well, model. I
1: remember watching it. <laughs> I remember watching fast times of with my dad yeah um and definitely it was like oh crazy this is ridiculous <laughs> like what the hell and so yeah i can totally get that so that would be fun. Uh, weird,
0: weird science one of the, my favorite scenes is that after they've created this supermodel and they can do whatever they want and they want to shower with her and they're both standing <laughs> in the corner of the shower with their underwear on you know you know, as she's chatting with them and they just like yeah. don't know what to do with themselves. It was it was brilliant. It was like, that's so that's exactly what would happen. Nobody, you know, you know you've created something godlike and, and this oh, is I don't, the best you
1: can do. The, yeah, I don't remember what their ages were supposed to be. But, yeah, I could see a 14, 15 year old being that. Once I hit 16, yeah, I would be a total different story. But well, I don't know. That, that's just me. Yeah. <laughs> so. I'm not going to say I bought a kilometer 64 and some bras thinking any different, but.
0: So um, if anyone's watching and listening, listening, still check out, <laughs> uh, go to YouTube and look up the scene on uh, in um, go breakfast club, Carl. There's, there's a scene on YouTube. It's uh,
1: we didn't even talk about Carl. Well,
0: well Carl has this, just kind of the, these, these few moments where, where he talks real to the kids. But but there is an extended scene. That scene where mm. he comes out is actually like a five minute scene that was shot.
1: And oh, when he first comes in and talks to Brian. Where he first Brian. comes in,
0: where you know it's about a minute in the movie, but it's actually it's extended where he takes each ch- each kid there, each child, each
1: yeah, they're children. Know. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That was one thing that I I remember Brian. Uh, Calls the, he called himself a child. He called himself, yeah, the children. And I didn't like, I, I thought that was a little out of place for him. It was a little too too forced. But anyway, Carl has this uh, cut scene where he uh, takes each one of them and says, in 10 years, this is how I see you. And he talks about Whoa. John Bender being like, uh, you know, overdosed on drugs. Uh, you know, he he, he he has this really long monologue that that goes on and it's it's interesting and i i i think it was better the way they did it in the movie they kept him a little bit more mysterious yeah um, i i kind of was annoyed at some of the stuff he was saying but uh <laughs> but, it, but it's interesting because because this movie from a from an audience standpoint when you start out that's kind of how you see these people you see the stereotypical person you you kind of yeah. Get, you 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 say well, you see oh, it with your years in the too. future yeah this makes sense all these things are going to happen but um but by the end hopefully and I, I think it's just because you've you've been able to listen to some of the characters you're, you're a little bit more in touch that they're all just kind of about the same <laughs> they've, they've got a lot of the same sort of struggles and just different things going on in yeah. their lives that have made them different
1: Well, I think you also see it differently from the aspect of where you're at in life. So if you saw this as a teenager, you're going to see them and not understand where they're going to be in 10 years. You don't know, and you don't have uh, a representative to to look to, but watching it now, I'm like, I knew that guy in high school and this is where he ended up. And I knew that guy in high, necessarily what you would always think. Um, So I I totally can see that being different from your perspective.
0: You you talked about in the earlier podcast, or maybe at the beginning of the, this podcast, about Crit, <laughs> critics you had you had read some critics. Um, oh God, yeah. And I was really, I was just recently reading some of the critic critics and what they were saying, and the negative ones, the ones that were talking negative about it. I got really upset with listening to some of the things they were too. saying, and I and that that emotional reaction and how how it affected <laughs> me. Kind of, kind of shows, you know, what this movie does to someone. That's that's, you know, you, you make it personal, and then you hear someone talk, talk crap about it, and you just think yeah. they're the they're they they have no idea what what this is about, and uh, that's 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 kind of the emotional draw of a movie like this. It can get oh, it your, is. You can get under your skin and just make you. What, own it. It's like it. It is a part of who you are. Yeah. They they and know who they 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 represent characters that that you that, knew. Yeah, that you knew that that was something that you always kind of wanted to to get across, and it was always yeah. a challenge at that age. I
1: I actually wish I would have probably watched and understood this movie better in high school. Looking back on it, like like I could have come out of my armor a little bit easier, maybe, and and yeah. and, and probably had a, a better better high school experience so I I mean it's one of those things is like yeah but you're right and, and you know going back to the talking about critics and, and I was talking about the meta score I see off of IMDB and it's like a 66 which I thought was really low and when, I, when I went to look oh geez yeah so when I went back into this I'm seeing all these high 80s high 70s and but then you get down and there's a couple of these 30s and and those are those ones that like you said you read them and just trashing it and I'm looking at this and then I, I went to investigate it a little bit more, and it's like a staff writer. So they're not even putting yeah. their name on this stuff. And I'm like, you know, that shit shouldn't count. If you don't put your name on it, your <laughs> opinion shouldn't fucking count. I, because, I,
0: yeah, I wonder if these were a lot of people that, that were really uh, put off by the how the relationships ended up in the end.
1: Because, it's, it's definitely more recent reviews rather than anything within the last like first 20 years of it these are things that were probably done in you know in the you know yeah well they've got and they've
0: got perspective they've got perspective they're going to say over 36 years things have changed how dare you make a movie that that kind of allows for this sort of treatment of of you know marlett molly ringwald you know like you talked about the new york new yorker article which was yeah i think a very well-written article and I don't, th- I don't think Molly Ringwald was trashing on the movie. I think she was, I think she I was. I think she
1: was trashing on the situations. Yeah. Not, I think, I, not,
0: think she was, I think she was draw, trying to draw attention to the fact that, yes. that these are things that should be looked at. And yeah. it, it, and well, it's fair to say that this was wrong. Um, but I, but again, I think this is a movie that, that portrays characters that are flawed. And that's the only way to portray a flawed character is to right. show their flaws that doesn't so that's, mean that's... that doesn't mean that it mm-hmm. that 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 characteristic is not you, you you're you got to be able to show flawed characteristics on screen. That's what art is about. Right. I'm, I'm sorry. Well, and,
1: and... I, I
0: I did not follow my, <laughs> I did not my my drink up with my coke chaser. Instead,
1: I keep drinking more. Drinking, and he's getting <laughs> oh. very into it. And uh, the updates are going to be. Uh... Interesting. No. Uh, well, and, and it's like I, when I hear people bash on stuff like this, it's like, OK, what would be better? <laughs> you r- you my, write my work, right? My updates. Yeah, your, your okay. updates tonight. Sorry, I took uh, a second. No, <laughs> <laughs> no what I, I want when people bash on stuff like this and, and say you can't do I'm like, OK, tell me what write this for write this for right now. Okay, this it's gonna be it's gonna be more diverse for sure. Whatever. Okay. Well. But you you write one that's not gonna piss people off. Okay. Well, Shh. I I or be or you might write one that doesn't piss people off, but it ain't good. What do you mean, or script?
0: I yeah. I don't I I think it's fair to say critics are not screenwriters, and to try to force them into making a better movie out of something that they've trashed is not necessarily fair because <laughs> if, that, they're, they're critics for a reason because they can't make... They can't create. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so, true, so, true. So, that is
1: good. That is so, good. I like that.
0: So, um, but, uh, but... But I think there's reasons to critique. I think it's fair to critique something even though you can't make it better. But I think, I think it's... But if all better, you
1: do is trash things... Yeah,
0: I think you've got to... I, I think you've got to say why you're... Why and... To to, oh God, I'm I'm okay, I'm gonna have a drink. <laughs> Go ahead.
1: <laughs> no, but I, I, I agree. It's like one of those things is I I feel if you're gonna trash things, you should be able to tell us. Well, okay, why is it bad? How would you make it better? How could you make this fit your criteria of good? Just just for the people that trash things, because that's I I feel too many people nowadays. It's it's too easy to trash things just to trash things, and that's why I I hate the critics. Necessary. like i've never bought into what the critics think of movies like i'm never gonna go oh the critics don't like it i'm 90 like, percent that i'm probably gonna like it because i i don't buy into the critic statements of usually what what they say about movies so yeah anyways i think we i think we've covered most of this we left out other than we we didn't really talk about uh the the janitor and the, and then we didn't talk a lot about Paul Gleason and Vernon. I mean, we we touched on them, but there's there's the whole scenes where they have the talk, right? And and uh, and the janitor Carl calls them out for like, hey, these kids didn't you know abandon you. You you kind of have got your own thing going on. And and I thought that was a great moment. I I can't think of all the words he said exactly, but I think that it's a very telling portion of this movie saying that you know it it shows the little bit of adult view onto this
0: adult view is good yeah because it did it kind of it was a mature look at at mm -hmm. at what was going on and it was very effective and 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 as we as we watch the movie as we get older it resonates a little more (laughs) you know it's, it's like right yeah and that's that's an interesting thing about this movie is it's worth watching when you're 15 and then when you're 25 and then when you're you know, 51, I'm not there yet. I'm almost 51, but that just means
1: we get to watch it again next year. Yeah. And,
0: (laughs) and, and to see how these things uh, resonate and, and that's, that's a, that's, that's the ideal description of a classic, the movie that, right. And which, which in our 64.0 version of this podcast, (laughs) we talked about why this was a classic movie. Um, and it's just because over the generations, it continues to be recognized as something that's worth having an opinion about.
1: Right. Oh yeah, 100. percent Like it, it's it's not one of those ones that it is totally outdone by the the time. Right. Some movies just don't grow. Yeah. Grow with the times and stuff. This one, there's some issues, um, but it's still there. There's more that's good for it than than any of the issues could ever take away from it. And and I I think it's still 100. percent worth watching um i enjoyed watching it a ton like i said i got i got emotional yeah you know when you get you know when you get emotional in a movie it's good you know uh, I, I know you you I do this... a lot more than i do but well yeah
0: my wife my wife came up and she like cuddled up next to me while i was watching it and
1: i have to kind Aww. of you know towards
0: the end of the movie it gets emotional and I, you know, you try to stifle your little shakes when you're, when you, it's uh, like, I'm not going to, I'm not yes. going to, I'm not going to cry, but, but I'm I not can't. crying. You're crying. <laughs> but then my body kind of convulses a little bit. Oh. It turned it into a cough or something like that. But <laughs> she knows, she knows better.
1: Yeah. No, I, I, oh man, I know exactly what you're talking about because I'm one of those ones that hot stuff like, like it's the plague. Uh, I'm not one for showing my emotion. So, uh, but no, I do, I did feel it was one of those things is it made me think a lot about my high school years, you know, bad, good, or, or otherwise it, it just brings up memories and, and I I thought it was fun, um, you know, to have that too. And not everybody uh, enjoyed high school. I actually did. So for me, I think it was, it was a nice thing. Um, But uh, it's one of those that, yeah, it, it, it touches a nerve for sure. Yeah. In a good way. Not, not in a. Ba- I don't think it touched a nerve in a bad way I'm sure someone probably has some nerves that it touches, but whatever. it Teach their own. Like I said, everybody sees a little bit different classes because everybody has their own perspective. They come from like you know, just me and you were talking about it. Like I see this more from the, uh, you know, the Andrew side of it. Like I really resonated with him and, and said you more of the Brian side. So I. I, I, mean I think from the
0: stereotypical uh, <laughs> standpoint. I, I still yeah. think each character, there was a moment where I would resonate with what they were talking about, how it related to someone, you know, even Bender, you know, there were, I, I sometimes wanted to get, I wanted to have a, I wanted to experience what that felt like to be kind of the, the, the alpha and, and <laughs> I would kind of come up with my own way of dominating, but again, I would regret what it, it was. It's, it's interesting how how we we grow up and try to find ourselves or whatever you know and and we we explore different facets of who we are and that's what this movie was was well, great about exploring those different in
1: and uh, it doesn't stop i mean we're still doing this to, to this day oh no i, mean, I, I know who i am <laughs> and yeah no i know well, <laughs> but you still have some armors on it yeah you know i i know i mean we're closer so we let them down more but i mean i know when i'm at work i play i play a role yeah, i yeah, i have i was I, I was just
0: teasing saying that it doesn't stop. <laughs> yeah no it, it, it absolutely is something that that sticks with you and you you get a little bit more comfortable in your in your shoes but uh but yeah but 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 almost that comfort becomes uh its own armor in that in that you can't evolve how do you evolve if you've gotten too comfortable with who you are and so in order to True. evolve more you want to strip down that those those things that have made you comfortable
1: yeah you got to break down the walls to to continue forward and,
0: yeah and that's sometimes what you're faced with it's like i i need something more from life i got to break these things these, these yes typical things down you know
1: all right <laughs> I think we've, I think we've, we've covered the breakfast club. We're into the brunch club now. Um, so. nice. <laughs> um, no, this was, this was a great movie. It still remains a great movie. Um, really interesting because it, it was a very small cast. It was very, um, it was a scenes... million dollar budget,
0: which is, you know,
1: pays. It, it made 50 million. It, it profited yeah. $49 million. Yeah. I mean, that's ridiculous. Um, I mean, just.
0: And this was uh, John Hughes's first screenplay too. He 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 wrote this before. It was his first. Sixteen Candles, which. which but Sixteen wrote. Candles was rele-
1: released before this. Yeah, so. he
0: actually he was looking through uh, casting for uh, for Breakfast Club and came across Molly Ringwald's headshot, and wrote Sixteen Candles with her headshot above his. I don't think that's not creepy.
1: S- that that's not creepy. It is creepy. It
0: is kind of creepy.
1: <laughs> and I, would, I no, was that, about to say computer,
0: but I don't know if they had computers back then. Maybe it was his typewriter or something. I don't he know. He
1: might have had like a Commodore 64 or you're something right. like that. You're right, you're right, yeah. <laughs> what, what, what was it they used in Weird Science? He probably had that computer. That was probably actually his. That's awesome, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, I I, I, I don't know. We've,
0: we've done the John Hughes thing now, and, and we did Ready Player 2, which had the whole... Oh, I, Hughes- we,
1: I definitely want to do... Uh, Weird Science and 16 Candles because they're both very oh, great, very memorable I love movies to both me. Both of
0: those, and we could, yeah, yeah. And they have I, they have their different uh, their different takes. Even Pretty in Pink, I was I almost watched
1: that. I never liked Pretty in Pink, which I is makes it. it
0: more interesting. And especially after watching that whole scene with with um, uh, <laughs> uh, Ready Player Two, where they talked about right. I talked about Ducky I, I love Ducky's character but I totally see what that was talking about how he was not a character that you would have really accepted getting the girl and what's that all about psychologically yeah. why is it fair for audiences to choose whether the 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 uh whether or not Ducky gets Molly Ringwald or not you know that was basically how that movie
1: because when I saw it the first time I her. wanted Molly Ringwald and Ducky didn't deserve it. But if it was That's Robert why I, Downey Jr., would it? Would would he? No, to, he wouldn't. No, no Ducky. Okay. Unless I was Ducky, <laughs> and I wouldn't be called Ducky. No, that wouldn't work. <laughs> I'd be known as Turtle or something. Not not Ducky. Nice, <laughs> nice. Um, no, I I would love to go back and see. There's a bunch of movies. I mean, that there's there's all the movies that came out in the '80s that were in that teen kind of. I mean, Better Off Dead. You know, there's. Um, couple other ones that were uh, Ferris Bueller's yeah. Day Off, uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off is a great movie a lot I read that one. I read
0: on Wikipedia that he shot this and at the same time he shot Breakfast Club at the same and which I I just
1: read this No there's there's they are supposed to be from the same high school.
0: i am just shot. saying there was something like on the 25th anniversary of of something John Hughes said that he cho- shot them at the same time and I I I didn't buy it. I almost want to go back and, and research yeah, that. Yeah, something's wrong but with that. Now, look on Wikipedia, it's on there on Wikipedia yeah, so it's like it's like generic that information.
1: Does, yeah, <laughs> Wikipedia is not always right, but I know that they were supposed to be at the same high school, so th- theoretically um, Claire Bender and all of them would have known who Ferris was.
0: <laughs> well, this is where so, we get into the whole Ready Player Two, uh,
1: John Hughes world. World, yes, yeah. exactly. Which is kind of fun, yeah. They were all at Shermer High, yeah. right? They had the scene from Shermer High. Um, so, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, if you think about it, yeah, the whole Ready Player uh, Two aspect of it is... Um, uh, was it Noah's One?
0: No, Noah's Ready, two. Player two.
1: Yeah. Ready Player Two. It's Ready Player Two. Where they have, they have John Candy because Uncle if you're Buck a big is in John that Hughes world. John Hughes
0: fan, it's a great... It's a great
1: yeah. yeah, listen to listen to our podcast on it. it, it <laughs> um, cool. I I'm not sure what else I have to say about this movie other than um, I I kind of part of me would love to see a reboot. No, no, no. I, but hear hear me out. Hear me okay, out. Okay. A reboot to do it in a modern time, like not necessarily like okay, we're gonna have Claire. Or Brian, I mean, but just I would love to see someone try and do the same type of thing but for today's kids like how would they make this work with with phones and and all the shit that's going on nowadays i not the saying that i'm expecting anything miracles or to redo it and make it better um i would just i i would love to see someone try and see what they could do
0: yeah almost like another generation and how yeah. how it plays out i i get you I, I, it makes I'm not me saying a Breakfast Club, but makes uh, me nervous it. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like you got to get someone who's so in touch with this generation that could capture what that's about because that's what John Hughes was so brilliant about. Yeah, he was he, good. He, he, he captured the '80s. And he was a, he was a teen at heart. Yeah and it was creepy <laughs> you know, probably, yeah. but uh, but uh, if you could find a new creepy director
1: that can that can pull out oh i'm sure we gener- could find a creepy director generations what, of the 2020s what, or whatever what, what's right. what uh, what is it weinstein is that the oh duh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i said creepy director Henry, come on yeah yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> you can I, get I, Cosby I can see you can that, get
1: Cosby to play the principal uh, um
0: yeah. Uh I I, I would <laughs> I would watch it. I would definitely watch it. I just I would I, be very suspect of I, of I would not want them
1: to it. I would not want them to call it Breakfast Club. I would want them to find a new name, but I mean I I would love to see the idea of the same type of movie being made today and see what they could do with it.
0: Yeah. You're right. Uh capture that that uh that dialogue that where people interact. You don't see yeah. movies anymore that well, do you? I
1: mean, we should explore. We haven't seen a mo- We haven't seen any new movies. Well, they don't. So. They don't sell. They don't
0: sell on Netflix. You know, you want to see action True. and stuff like that. Uh, it's hard to find a, t- a talkie if you call it. You know, in in when I went to film school, the the movie I made in uh, my senior year of film school was very heavy dialogue. The movies that I looked at. It's funny. We've we've reviewed two of them: Raiders of the Lost Ark. I looked at the scene with Brody and Indiana Jones when they're talking in the, in the, uh, in his house. And I watched oh, yeah, yeah. a lot of Breakfast Club too, because I wanted, because there was so much heavy dialogue. I, I was, I, I did a movie that my brother wrote the script and it was basically about two brothers that had a dialogue in a bedroom. So it was about 30 minutes and I had to. I wanted to figure out a way of trying to carry the carry the action, if you will, through thirty minutes. And so I watched these two movies heavily to try to see how they move the camera around, how they right. got reaction shots. Um, uh, and it's interesting that it was Raiders of the Lost Ark was was the was one of the other ones, even though it only had a couple scenes that were were just limited. There's to... there's
1: a lot of movies that have. Uh, um, so one that comes to mind is uh, um, Farewell to the King with uh nick nolte
0: oh wow i I don't think i've seen that but but i know Um, exactly what you're talking about is that a talk
1: talking movie there's some very heavy dialogue uh portions of that movie because i remember my senior year when i had my my theater class i pulled from that one of the monologues that i had to read and it was one of those ones where i i let my emotions go and i opened up a little bit and it was one of those things and and I still remember this day i can't remember exactly what it was but i i remember watching that movie several times and was so moved by that section of the the monologue that i was like okay i got to do this and it was it was really cool so i i get what you're saying but yeah we don't we don't get a lot of that anymore or at least i i don't think i've watched much of that anymore so it'd be interesting to see you know maybe look for something like that that'd be kind of fun to do We'll find. We've got to find something new like that and, yeah. and review it. My the cool. ladder is about to explode. So,
0: yeah. Can, well, why don't you wrap mm-hmm. this podcast up? And uh.
1: all right. Well, that's that's uh, the Breakfast Club, or that's how we see the. Um. Uh, hopefully, your eyes are still with us, and and uh, join us for other episodes where we talk about other movies. Or see you in review podcasts where we go through and we check out all of the chronological mcu release so not only uh movies but uh shows we're currently about to d- we're getting ready to do ant-man right that's next, next. week right yeah next week is ant-man yeah, I-, it-
0: I like that we're slowing down the pace and i don't think there's <laughs> any problem with that because no because we i, um, I almost know, feel our- bad
1: like i want to go back and do right on some well, of the we, did, uh, we
0: did we uh, did uh avenger age of ultron and it was like our longest podcast <laughs> ever and it was fascinating and, and <laughs> it was
1: one movie yeah,
0: yeah. so and, <laughs> and to know that we pod- did, we did like three movies before that you know we i don't know our, our,
1: our podcast was longer than the movie <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's nice nice we'll, we'll see well, how ant-man turns out um, uh, yeah. but i think it, we'll be about right i think there. it's better because we get we get deeper and um it's more interesting. Yeah. Okay.
1: I'll let you. So talk yeah, that's. Cause I'm about to run off. Yeah. No. That's where we're at. No, we're <laughs> we're pretty much done. So uh, join us there. Rate, re- rate, review, and subscribe on any of your podcast networks uh, that you find us, and uh, give us an email and let us know how you feel, uh, what you want us to talk about, and uh, that's about it. All right. Good and night, everyone. Good night.